My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. <laughs> Today, it's the WNR199 Part 2. Two. As we continue the W Network review for January. But before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. He's the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one it needs right now. So we'll hunt him, because he can take it. Because he's not our hero, he's a silent guardian, true protector. And that is about our butler. No, that cool. That's from the Dark Knight as well. So let's move on. We move on to arrivals. Former Indianapolis Colts punter Pat McAfee, and not the Internet Virus Protection Company man. No, and I'm more about uh, Greg Norton anyway. And WWE have come to the terms on a multi-year contract. Well, according to Ryan Satting, McAfee announced the deal on the latest episode of the Pat McAfee Show. He said, WWE formally offered me a multi-year contract. Who knows what we're going to be doing over there. Come to make some content and we'll see where it goes. I'm very excited for this. This is a dream come true. Well, McAfee has appeared as a pre-show panellist prior to some NXT TakeOver events and Saturn reported that he will continue to serve in that role in addition to creating digital content for WWE. During his eight-year NFL career with the Colts, McAfee was a two-time pro bowler and a one-time first-team All-Pro, which I think is good. Well, he retired from he retired following the 2016 season and joined Barstool Sports before breaking away from that company in August and producing his own content. In addition to his work with WWE, McAfee would debut as an NFL broadcaster for Fox Sports during Sunday's game between the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. The 31-year-old's relationship with both WWE and Fox come at a convenient time since WWE SmackDown will begin airing on Fox in October 2019. And expect to see a lot more of these kind of moves of guys uh, like that being involved in the the panels and the kind of, you know, the backstage things even, and maybe even a commentary, because Fox will want a lot of the guys who can be on NFL to, to do WWE stuff as well. But I've got some exciting news about arrivals, and uh, Piper Niven, a.k.a. Viper, is set to sign with WWE. Yes, independent women's star Viper will be signing with WWE once her contract with World of Sports runs out, according to sources. He reported also had great interest in signing her, so Viper just went up to Vince McMahon and said, look, this is my contract, <laughs> double it and I'm yours. Yeah, yeah. And that's the job done. Viper, who completed in the 2017 May Young Classic under a real name of Piper Niven, is one of the most talented women competitors in the world and will provide a major boost, major major boost. boost to the main or developmental rosters in WWE. 
Her size sets her apart from other women on the roster, apart from Nia Jax, Tamina Snuka. Indeed. But she also has the ability to excel at various styles. She can take an opponent down, work them over and tap them out, or she can brawl with them. She's equal parts technician and powerhouse. A complete package between the ropes sometime in NXT will hopefully allow her to find herself as a character so she can make the jump to Monday and Tuesday nights to dominate the competition. But what I really want to see is go to NXT UK and let's have Tony Storm versus uh, Piper Niven, a couple of NXT UK women's matches I'll be looking forward to. Yes, and uh, more impending arrivals. Kushida is WWE bound. Yeah, at the start of the year we did the British special where we looked at uh, Rev Pro when it was on Sky and we saw Zack Sabre Jr. going against Kushida. And the former IWGP heavyweight champion is headed to WWE, as the ever-busy Meltzer reported on the Wrestling Observer Radio. Well, the time splitter lost his title to Taiji Ishimori at Wrestle Kingdom 13 on January the 4th. Kushida has long been one of the most exciting stars in the world, and it makes sense as he nears his 36th birthday, he would want the opportunity to perform for WWE. New Japan Pro Wrestling's official website translated his words at post-Wrestle Kingdom press conference. I'm only looking forward to my dream of fulfilling my childhood dream, becoming a man of the world. I think I can achieve that by fighting overseas. Yeah, so it's good. Are you happy about Kushida coming? I feel a little bit different. Where would you want him to go? NXT. NXT, straight into NXT. No fucking around. Well, up next, former Impact X Division and Tag Team Champion Trevor Lee announced yesterday he has signed a deal with WWE. The caveman is coming. You know more about Trevor Lee than I do, don't you? I don't don't know anything. (laughs) On Impact. And yeah, you know, it'd be definitely a good addition to the roster. But Lee made the announcement at an indie event for CWF Mid-Atlantic Gibbs in Gibsonville, North Carolina, saying that he is no longer a free agent and the rumours were true. Lee signed a WWE contract this week and we'll see him report to Orlando, Florida and the Performance Center imminently to join the NXT brand. He is currently the champion of the CWF Mid-Atlantic and is expected to drop the title soon so he can start for WWE. The 25-year-old from Cameron, North Carolina, was trained by Matt and Jeff Hardy and was, and was wrestled f- for Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Impact Wrestling and un- other indie promotions before joining WWE. He joined TNA in 2015 and spent just over three years there winning the X Division title three times and the tag team titles once with Brian Myers. His last appearance on Impact Wrestling was on January the 3rd episode where Killer Cross punched a concrete block through his face, effectively writing, up, writing him off television. His deal expired at the end of 2018. Well, returns imminent and Fandango, Eric Road and Sami Zayn have all been at the W Performance Center recently to prepare for their impending returns, according to PW Insider. Well, Kevin Owens has lost significant weight during his time on the sidelines and he is also on the cusp of returning. But the last I heard, he's going to be returning after WrestleMania now. Yeah. On to departures, and Mike and Maria Canellis have asked to be released from their W contracts according to Pro Wrestling Sheet. Per the write-up, the 205 Live couple have been upset with the way they've been pushed and promoted by the company since signing, or in Maria's case, re-signing, in June 2017, and finally decided to ask the company to let them go a few weeks ago. Yeah, I've never seen you so excited about a story. The Kinesis have struggled to make any kind of impact in the company. They barely make television. While switching to 205 Live, they should improve their fortunes. Isn't working out. Mike hasn't wrestled a single bout, televised or otherwise, since the Cruiserweight Show's 5th December episode. So his and me, Maria's frustration is understandable. Well, no, if those were actually good wrestlers, then they'd have got more time. But anyway, let's not get bogged down over to who's good and who's not. Mike and Maria aren't good. 
Whether or not WWE actually granted the duo's release is another matter entirely. Vince McMahon could do as he did with Neville and hold Maria and Mike to their contracts, forcing them to sit on the sidelines for an indefinite period of time. This is even likelier now that all elite wrestling is around, and with the labour market more intense than it has been in decades, WWE could retain the Canellis' so the competition can't sign them. All right, Maria Canellis, she asked for WWE release. And some of Maria Canellis' social media postings could be read as responses to reports she and her husband might ask for a release from WWE. They were definitely intending to refute rumours about how the pair conducted their business for the company leading up and shortly after signing in 2017. But those didn't silence the rumour mill or Twitter and Instagram users adding to it. So Canellis was more direct in this Instagram. Well, she went on to say, I was not going to phone calls and emails about it. I did not ask for my release. Speculation and rumours are running rampant. Somebody is playing all the wrestling news sites. It's a game. I've been in professional wrestling for 15 years and what I do in front of the camera will only be a small part of the full story. I have relationships with fans, talent, producers and their families. I've been in hospital when people have been injured and backstage to hug someone that just had a great match. I don't need to stir up shit. I don't need to put others down. I am an imperfect human that has learned from past mistakes. Whoever is seeking rumours, I pity you and your desperate attempt for attention while disparaging my husband and I I'm going to take the weekend off of social media to hang out with my beautiful family and I suggest whoever it is does the same. Social media is not a fact. It is a fantasy, a nightmare or a place for bullies. I want to use this for motivation to be positive every day. I'm still learning how to be a mum. I fight postpartum depression and I still try and become a better person every day. I don't need this made up extra stress. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and thank you for your support. So, Dan, I've just got one question for you. When did you post the fact that Maria and Mike had <laughs> uh, trying to hand in their release? Because you were very on the ball to this story. I might say you broke it to me <coughs> at least three hours before I saw it on Tinternet. Oh. Well, you know, it's is it mainly 50% wishful thinking and 50% wishing it's true <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know but it's you know it's there's been a lot of speculation obviously with a new brand starting up with you know three quite high profile names starting up a company in AEW you know it's kind of a you're going to have rumours yeah. left right and centre and some of them you hope are true and some of them you know you hope answer true as well but you know it's it is what it is i mean you yeah. get over that disappointment you know and, and maybe they will they might not make it out of 2019 in wwe fingers crossed <laughs> there is speculation that dolph ziggler may be moving on from wwe after turning down a role as producer according to pw insider well, Ziggler has completely removed the Dolph Ziggler name from his social media accounts and he is in line for an upcoming comedy tour. The source is saying he's not leaving the company, whereas others saying he will be done following January 31st. Well, Ziggler hasn't appeared on WWE television since late last month when he got destroyed by Drew McIntyre in a steel cage match on Raw and he's reportedly not been on the road with WWE in recent weeks. So what has happened to Dolph Ziggler and where might he end up? Well, he... He, like a lot, a lot, a lot of other wrestlers, have changed their name on social media. I think it's it's not so much as like a 
thing that they you know they're signing that sign that they're leaving. I just think it's the thing that a lot of them are doing. Like you know, Alexa Bliss has changed her name back. You know, just for yeah. one example. But again, you know, it could be that he's he's doing a comedy tour that you know he's marketing that so people. Like, you know, it's obviously going to draw you in, oh, it's Dolph Ziggler, but he wants to go as Nick Namath, which is his... his... Yeah, and, and this is a problem, that he's not he's not copyrighted to Dolph Ziggler. He doesn't own the name, so the money attributed to Ziggler is going to go to WWE. So if he can put his own name out, especially as a comic, then he can start making more money. And then maybe if he does ever make a move, it's not kind of a massive surprise. You know, obviously he might come up with something else. You know, as a name, but at the moment he's doing that and he's focused on comedy and whatever happens afterwards. I think Ziggler's a guy. You know, you talk about Royal Rumble events. He was, you know, in uh, going for the championships in a couple of Royal Rumble events. You know, and and yet never truly kind of made that jump. You know, held the World Heavyweight title and lost it kind of due to injury. And it's just a shame, really. Another guy who never fulfilled his true potential if he never comes back. You know, and I don't think he ever will now. Ziggler. Won't make it to the, I think, the main event scene in WWE. So maybe it's time to assess his options. You know, this is the thing at the moment. Now in 2019, you can look around and think, what's best for me as opposed to, you know, where can I get offered the money and stuff like this as well. So we move on to NXT UK. Jordan Devlin was scheduled. <coughs> Jordan Devlin was originally scheduled to face Travis Banks in a singles match, but Devlin attacked Banks prior to the match taking place. This led to Johnny Saint coming out and deciding to give Devling a new opponent, which turned out to be former WWE Universal Champion and soon-to-be future Universal Champion at the Royal Rumble, Finn Balor. Well, Triple H said it's about launching brand, and we're extremely cool with it. It put a lot of eyeballs and puts a stamp on the brand for what it means for Finn Balor to come here. Part of me hates taking a moment away from Banks, but it's for the betterment of everybody. Everybody worked hard tonight, but his sacrifice means more. He saw the big picture. One of the cool things about NXT is everybody's coming together. They're a team and they're working together. It's working for a greater good. It's about the overall product and not the individual. And not the individual. Individual. That's the way he took it. Dan, thoughts on that? I think it was a good idea. And it was a good call to put Finn Ballerino. Nothing against Banks, and I'm sure Banks will get a lot more opportunities after this and, you know, a chance to better himself and get onto it. But in, especially in that match, you know, it's, it's always cards subject to change. And I think, you know, the angle that they've done was well, well worked and Finn Balor there certainly put more eyes on the product and yeah, definitely worked. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's move on then. Uh, well, I say let's move on. So let's now watch the fallout from NXT TakeOver. And it's the 16th of January 2019, episode 26. We're one of a kind and nobody knows that. I'm living in irresponsibility, feeling upon the million times I let down. I don't mean to, I've got a good heart. I make mistakes, like press and record in the wrong part. And the show opened with a highlight video of Saturday's NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, culminating with the day Walter, who walked to the ring to stare down Pete Dunne, who had just successfully defended his WWE UK Championship against Joe Coffey. Well, first match, Liguero pinned Saxon Huxley in 5 minutes 22. 
Saxon started with a kick, but Liguero quickly started evading him and hit a number of drop kicks and other offense until Huxley caught him off guard. Uh, until Huxley caught him off a body press and slammed him down hard. Huxley took over for a while and put on the straight jacket in a nice fez press. Liguero eventually staged a comeback, culminating in a beautiful top rope missile drop kick. After a, a stunner through the ropes, Liguero hit the C4L, his springboard tornado DDT, for the win. Yeah, what a great match that was. Up next, Ginny Pinilla's Dawn in 6 minutes 42. Ginny started with strikes, but Isla quickly hit a gut wrench suplex and double knees for a near fall before progressing for, into a series of hammerlocks that Ginny had trouble escaping. She eventually escaped to ringside and snapped Isla's neck on the top rope. After a quick hurricane runner, she locked into an abdominal stretch made famous by Wilbur Schneider back in the 1930s. But Isla, my, my young pick, managed to hip toss her way out of the move. Well, Ginny wasn't finished there as she hit a flat liner into the turnbuckle for a near fall and locked in a Cobra clutch. Isla came back with a backdrop driver and then got Ginny into a gory special which Ginny hit a victory rut of but ended up on the bottom of a near fall. As Isla went on to the top rope, Ginny drop kicked her legs out and hit an X-Factor off the middle rope for the victory. Well, Nigel and Vic talked about Travis Banks who was attacked by Jordan Devlin before their match could officially start. Banks then challenged Jordan Devlin to a match next week. The match date was confirmed by NXT UK general manager Johnny Saint. A graphic plug, the upcoming tag team match. And a clip of the upcoming NXT UK tapings of February 22nd and 23rd aired. The European connection of Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barfel versus Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews is the main event. So here we go. We see Marcel Barfel and Eichner on NXT and Adam moved to NXT UK. I think it's a better fit for them. Going against uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, a team who lost to... The Grizzled Jung Vets to get an opportunity. You think they're tag team champions now. So victory here would really put them, uh, I guess, next in line. Of course, Mustache Mount will be looking for a rematch as well. Well, I think Marcel Barfell, he's too much of a typical German. And, you know, I, I, I think we're in a time and age now of where we don't need to stereotype people by their nationality. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, and, I think you're right, yeah. And, you know, it's, I think it is a bit silly now. But, you know, it's, if he's got talent in the ring, then, yeah, fair play. But, you know, all he, all he seems to me is a lanky streak of piss. Well, yeah, Barthel's not really impressed me. I don't mind Eichner. I think he's got a, a lot to give. I think he's quite impressive. We've seen him in the Cruiserweight Classic as well. And when it comes to Webster and, and Andrew, I think we've seen enough of them to know that they'd be quite a good you know, mid-card tag team, if you know what I mean. Maybe go for the championships every once in a while. But if they work together, I think a singles competition, I think we can see a lot more from Mandrews, as now Webster, Hurricane Ronners, Buff. I don't know, I think the tag team, you know, I don't want to discredit anything from these two guys, but I think both Webster and Mandrews, they would work as the smaller guy in part of a tag team. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, and... Again, you know, nothing, can't take anything away from them because both are tremendous athletes. But, you know, you you work the weaker one down and then you get a hot tag to the slightly bigger one. But who is the smaller guy out of these yeah, two, yeah. you know? It's, but, uh, and I know NXT UK is a little bit smaller, you know, compared to uh, the other kind of brands that we watch now, as it were. But, you know, like you said, I think it still work. I mean, maybe it'd make more sense if, you know, Bath there was partner up with Webster and... Uh, <laughs> 
And Eichner was with um, Andrews. Michael Barzell, not happy. And he's taking Webster out. Because this was filmed at Blackpool just before the takeover event. And next week you can see the new set of tapings. I'm not too keen on this tapings. Well, NXT do it though. But no, I mean like with the two a week. Oh no, I've, they're switching back to one now. Oh, right. I've I spoke to my, my sources and we are getting... Well, as long as it's not the fucking idiot that got the... Um... Story wrong. No, no, no. What, what? Getting my fucking hopes up like that and just to be dashed. At Blackpool, they take four episodes and that will lead us to February, which is the next set of tapers. I know they're doing two there, but maybe that will build up to the next kind of takeover event. That happens. I wouldn't be surprised another UK takeover event early April, maybe. We can't do a podcast under these conditions. Webster tags in Andrews. Eitner gets a tag, but Andrews is a hot one at the moment. Getting pushed away by Eitner. Well, Andrews are rolling through. Double foot stomp to the chest. And now comes running in, but Eichner throws him on the apron. Andrews with a kick to Eichner. And now shoulder. You know, springs over the top rope, gets caught, but lands up in a bulldog. Now Barthel in, but caught with a knee by. <laughs> I love that. Bang! A foot lift, 450. Goes for the cover, but only a two count. Two. Spam right round like a record then. Round, round, baby, right round. Oh, but Eichner with a knee to Andrews. See, I think this tag team would work as well, you know. They've got, like, the badges of their country on the back there. I know it's... Uh, League of Nations territory, isn't it? <laughs> wow, the EU. And we want to leave the EU. Yeah, so, we don't know. like the EU. Are you leavers or remainers? <laughs> oh, my God, and Eichner threw Webster out. They double-teamed Andrews. Aye. But couldn't get him down and manages managing to kick out. Uh. But now he's in the wrong part of town. The EU connection. But Andrew's trying to fight his way out, ducking under a clothesline attempt, but getting caught and planted and punted. Well, spinebuster and kick. Webster's in, though, managing to stop it. And now the big German's in. Look at take Webster out, but Webster holds onto that second rope. And says, Nine! Well, Webster's a weird looking dude, but he lets down. Barthel. You told me I look like Webster. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Barthel just says Shizen, and now Eitner's got hold of Andrews. But Andrews reverses it with a lovely Hurricane Rana, sends them both to the outside, tags in Morgan Flash Webster, and And both men are going to do some stereo diving over the top rope. And that was beautiful there by both men in stereo. Throws her in. Throws him in. Throws him in. Tags in Mandros. And now Webster. Going to go Hulk on, But Eitner powers him up. Uses him as a spear to take out Mark Andrews. <laughs> turns Morgan Webster inside out after tagging in Fabian Eichner. And Barthel there with a kick to Mandros. Brain buster suplex. One, two. Oh! <laughs> I thought it was over then, but Mandrew's just managing to kick out. Oh. And now the crowd on their feet. You see? Now that is fucking respect. <laughs> Not like them ignorant fucking twats sitting on their fucking asses <laughs> at 205 say... Live. Yes, exactly, yeah. I mean, it's just, like you said, it's what the British crowd is all about. And yet they won't give us a fucking WrestleMania. Disgusting, isn't it? But Mandrew's fighting off Eichner and Barthel. But for how long? Oh, <laughs> double overhead kick. 
Manju's does stuff that you just don't see anybody else doing. He's got a certain balance about him as well. Off the second. Gets caught, but oh. turns into a tornado DDT. Tags in Webster, who goes up top. Well, Webster always loves to go up top as well. Senton bomb. Goes One, for the cover. Two. Oh. And Marcel went there to stop it. Well, Marcel went to pick up Mandrews. He hit him with a... Oh. Eichner grabs hold of Mark on the outside. Oh, my God. He sends Mark Tyler's right to the barricade. Oh, and a knee to the face by Eichner. Oh, my word. Eichner back in. And now it's just Morgan Flash Webster left, but a headbutt. To the chest of the Italian. Barthel saves Eichner, though. And Webster hits nothing. Eichner takes it, Bartel. And what are they doing? Hold him on that second rope. Oh, well, they had Webster tied up in the second and bottom rope. Running drop kick. Well, they've got the tag team gear. Have they got the tag team moves? Power bombs him up. And European, European uppercut. uppercut into a power bomb for the cover. And the victory. <laughs> and the EU connection get a huge win. Statement sent there by Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eitner. And a very good match as well, Dan. Oh, it was a very impressive match, yeah. And, you know, I just... It's not only the match, but it's the crowd that makes it feel like a better match. You know, and... We have the best crowd in the world. Not being biased, but it's true. It's a fact. Well, it is a fact. What a great match that was. You know, usually after an NXT takeover, they'll just have a couple of clips and maybe one match. And we've had kind of, you know, three great matches. And this one kind of puts the cherry on top. And like we say, we're going to find out what happens with Pete Dunne and Walter starting next week. And uh, also next week, Travis Banks will finally get his hands on Jordan Devlin. And another other matches from the post-takeover tapings will air. Big news as well. We can officially announce that NXT UK will be joining us on the WNR podcast when we catch up with it on the WWE Network Review every month. Yes, it will be joining NXT and 205 Live. NXT UK now. Apart, and what a show the WWE Network Review, the WWE Network Review is each month as well as we move on. All right, so we move on, Dan, and it's time for your Raw Review and SmackDown Summary. And there was a couple of, well, three big talking points this week on Monday Night Raw. The first one was Finn Balor. Well, we'll just go back and off with Braun Strowman. He was um, pissed off with Baron Corbin after Baron Corbin had mocked him. So he chased him down out into the arena. Uh, Elias on his guitar said that Corbin was next to Vince McMahon's limousine, or next to the limousine, or in the limousine. So Baron Corbin took it upon himself to smash the window and rip the door off the limousine. Vince McMahon showed up and said, I'm going to fire you $100,000. And on top of that, I'm going to remove you from your match in the Royal Rumble against Brock Lesnar. To which Braun Strowman responded by tipping over the limousine. I mean, we've seen the feat of strength of him tipping over... We've seen the feet of strength of him tipping over an ambulance, but to Vince McMahon's limousine as well. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, the story is Braun, St- Braun Strowman hasn't been cleared to compete. That's why there was no occasion between him and Lesnar a couple of weeks going raw. And that's why he's been taken out of the title match. WWE Hall of Famer Superstar Billy Graham has criticised the company. Our decision was made to replace Braun Strowman with Finn Balor as Brock Lesnar's opponent at the Royal Rumble. 
We'll take into Facebook. Rollins said it was odd that the Monster Among Men, who has shown superhuman strength, hasn't been able to beat Lesnar, who has been replaced by someone smaller. He said, does anyone in their right mind really believe Finn will have a chance in hell of beating Lesnar? I would want my money back immediately. Word is, Finn Balor will spend three hours getting his spray paint demon gimmick on to help him beat Lesnar, who it looks to me outweighs Finn by a good £100. And like I said, Dan Stone was removed from the match for this week on Raw. <clears throat> Stone was removed from the match on this week's Raw after destroying Vince McMahon's car. Limousine. There had been speculation that Stone was pulled. I already said that. Well, Balor replaced the great Raw Rumble winner after defeating John Cena, Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin in a fatal four-way. We post by saying, damn, the WWE sucks when it comes to talent. I bet Cody Rhodes and his crew will outdraw WWE head-to-head every time. Truly a colossal scam by the WWE. Man, do they ever suck. Graham has lambasted the WWE a lot in recent years, notably criticised Ronda Rousey holding a round against Triple H in the debut match at WrestleMania 34. Now, Dan, what do you think about Finn Balor against Brock Lesnar? Well, I think if you look back at it, what are the best matches that Brock Lesnar has had in recent times? A match against Daniel Bryan, who is the same size as Finn Balor, who come very close to beating Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. A match, you know, who was the previous, the other small guy? AJ Styles. Uh, AJ Styles. Another great match. And you think like the crap matches that he's had, the five F5s against Strowman, that was boring. Mm-hmm. The matches that he had against Kane and Braun Strowman against last year's, uh, last year's Royal Rumble yeah. was absolutely shit. Samoa Joe's not been great. You know, no. recent matches against The Undertaker, but you look at his record against Eddie Guerrero's or Kurt Angle's, then... Like you said, yeah, he does perform better. I mean, I can say I, I don't get Balor, but obviously the internet love him, you know, and he's given the opportunity to show WWE to think different. I don't reckon his chance is going to be great, but to be put in a position like that, to see if he can make the most of it not get injured. You but know? do you know who requested Finn Balor face Brock Lesnar? Was it Paul Heyman? It was Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar actually requested Finn Balor to face him. And have you got proof? I have, yes. Okay. He texted me. I'll show you the text after the show. Uh, another bit of big news coming out of it was the tag team titles or the women's tag team championship. Yes, the company will award the belts to the winners of a tag team elimination chamber match at the end of the same name in February, which will feature three teams from Raw and three teams from SmackDown. The chamber will be in the same format as previous matches of that title, but with two teams starting the match and four in the pods around the still structure. Pinfall and submissions eliminate... <coughs> Pinfall and submission eliminations will then take place as, and the last team standing will then be declared the women's WWE Tag Team Champions. Well, Bailey and Sasha Banks are the odds on favourite to win the belts with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville second in the odds with Skybet. The company has had a female tag championship before, although it was only defended once on television at the 1988 Royal Rumble when Japanese duo the Jumping Bomb Angels took the crown from the Glamour Girls Liani Kay and Judy Martin, but it will return this year. And what do you think of the tag team titles? We've seen them unveiled now. What do you reckon on the design? I think they're quite nice. You know, they're they're a lot different from the crappy fucking WWE and Universal Championships with the fucking you know standard design and just a different colour of backings. Yeah, I, I think I think. Yeah, no, I don't mind them either, and I think we you know we want to see it for a while. And at the Chamber, you know, we are finally going to see a women's tag team championship. And it's great that, you know, women's division, first ever, again, another first ever, they can build on it. 
Uh, and the other talking point on Raw, the last one, was the Intercontinental Championship. Well, WWE has largely failed on its promise of giving its already impossible-to-please fan base a fresh new product. Ironically, the most unique sequence of Raw's newest era came when 42-year-old Bobby Lashley captured the WWE Intercontinental Championship for the first time in his up-and-down career. Lashley's win marked the first time a black WWE superstar has held the Intercontinental Championship since Big E defeated Kurt Saxel in November of 2013. Now, does that say about diversity in WWE? Or, you know... Is there other things involved? Uh, Lashley beating Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Dan, were you surprised by that? I was, yeah. It, was, it wasn't It was a terrible match. I mean, it started off with uh, the former Shield brothers actually teaming up and working together to try and dominate the Dominator Lashley. But, you know, I think their rivalry came head-to-head after a while and, you know, them two kind of went at it and then Lashley came in and cleaned up from that. Yeah, yeah I think this is the thing and he took advantage, didn't he? And he's the champion. And let's see if they can build Lashley up from this. Uh, and Cena's rumoured WrestleMania match is in jeopardy, maybe. Well, according to Dave, I don't know what I'm talking about, Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer newsletter, WWE has been planning to pit John Cena against Lars Sullivan at WrestleMania 35 in April. Well, that match may longer be on the table, however, due to some recent reported incidents involving Sullivan. Well, Meltzer noted that Sullivan was supposed to compete in a dark match prior to Monday's episode of Raw, but he reported he reportedly either didn't show up or left the arena early due to an anxiety attack. He then reportedly didn't show up for a scheduled dark match at SmackDown and instead flew home. For the past several weeks, WWE has been airing vignettes hyping Sullivan's main roster debut after a successful run in NXT. Well, the feud between Cena and Sullivan was expected to begin at the Royal Rumble, but it's now unknown that it will happen. There have been conflicting reports regarding his absence since, with several sources claiming Sullivan flew, home, flew back to his home in Colorado after suffering an anxiety attack. It's believed since that discussing his issues with WWE, Lars has not spoken to his employers at all. As a consequence, several major plans, major major plans. plans for the latest NXT call-up has been put on ice. Supposedly, WWE are preparing a big angle which would have positioned Sullivan opposite John Cena at WrestleMania 35. That seems unlikely to happen now. As we said, when the story first broke, Sullivan is suffering from legitimate mental health issues and WWE needs to offer him an appropriate support. Scrapping a senior program as punishment is not appropriate, but withdrawing him from such big angles, he overcomes his personal problems, maybe for the best. And it's a shame, really, because Lars Sullivan likes to be in line for a, a massive push. It's not going to work out now, you know. Can he recover from that, you know? He was, yes. But, you know, mental health issues are not a good thing to have. And, you know, it's sometimes with legitimate mental health issues, you just want to kind of remove yourself from the world. You don't want to contact anyone, you know. You don't want to answer your phone. You don't want to talk to anyone. It's just something that you've, you kind of need to deal with. And, you know, WWE offering appropriate support, they are good at that. Yeah. They do help in any way that they can. And... You know, I'm sure Vince McMahon and all the other big wigs are going to understand what he's, you know, going to try and understand what he's going through and offer him the exact support they need. You know, I, I, I don't think it's it should be kind of a punishment for him, but, you know, just cooling it down for a little while. They've got a few other NXT call-ups they can focus on and, you know, it's just give him a chance, give him time when he returns. And then Bill it, and, you know, after he's feeling... Oh. Yeah, we're out of shallow doubt. I completely agree with you. All right, so that's it for news. And, and now we're going to do some of the podcasts that I actually uh, text Dan during the week when we, t- we were going to talk about it or not. I wasn't sure. 
And that is uh, AEW. We decided that we are actually going to talk about it now. Well, AEW, or All Elite Wrestling, was born from All In, an unprecedented show that was organised by Rhodes and the Jackson Brothers in September. It featured a lot of former WWE superstars with a huge crowd of 11,263 in attendance and was billed as the biggest independent show ever. It was sold out in 30 minutes. Well, after months of speculation and build-up in 2018, the first big news of 2019 has finally been revealed in the form of All Elite Wrestling. Well, do you know actually why they done that All In? It's because... Uh, some big wig, I don't know who it was, it might have been that day. But he said now. you would struggle to fill, to get 10,000 people in and it sold out in 30 minutes. <clears throat> but at the end of the latest episode of Being the Elite, released midnight Pacific time on January the 1st, 2019, the countdown finally reached zero and after a little technical issue, the logo for Double or Nothing, the follow-up event to All In was revealed and the AEW symbol signifying this new era in independent professional wrestling. The Young Bucks, Cody Road, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes and Hangman Page were included in the reveal of AEW and Double or Nothing. So Cow Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky was also part of the episode. Well, there was a double or rally and press conference at the TII Bankfield, the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Florida at 5pm on the January the 8th and they said there was a special announcement from the Elite in person as well appearances from special guests. Yes, the AEW has been rumoured since October, I think we mentioned it, with trademarks of the promotion being filed in November. It is believed that Tony Khan is at the forefront of the promotion. Khan and the son of billionaire Sadid Khan, also a major player of both Premier League football club Fulham and NFL franchise Jacksonville Jaguars is how it's pronounced. He is a long-time professional wrestling fan and Cody was spotted in the director's box at a Jaguars game late last year, fueling further speculation. All Elite Wrestlers made a firm statement of the intention to rival the WWE and give fans what they want for the new reservation following their rally in Jacksonville, Florida on Tuesday. With a back of the seeds and Tony Khan, Conan's of Fulham and Jacksonville Jaguars... Cody Rose and the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson have launched a brand new wrestling promotion to give the fans plenty to be excited about already. Here's everything we know about the new venture. Well, they have vast resources. Tony Khan has been confirmed as the company's president and the Khan family have a fortune estimated at around $6.3 billion. They already own Premier League club Fulham and NFL franchise Jacksonville Jaguars, but this is their first venture into professional wrestling. In contrast, W. Bosford's man is worth around $2.9 billion, so they can certainly compete. And um, followers in England, I'm sure they certainly know exactly how well they're doing with Fulham. <coughs> Bottom of the league. Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks role in AEW. Well, a statement released by Rose... Rose fuck me. A statement released by Rhodes revealed that all three men would serve as executive vice presidents of the company and the Bucks would be responsible for booking the events. All three are also, of course, contracted as in-ring talents. It will be interesting to see how the young of bookers and contenders. AEW's first event. Well, as a follow-up to their ultra-successful all-in event, AEW have already announced Double or Nothing. We have now learned that the event will take place on May 28th in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. 
Seeing as this is likely to be the next big event for AEW, expect them to pull out all the stops to probably raise the curtain for this promotion. Their first signees. Hangman Adam Page, alongside the Rhodes and the Bucks, was the first to put pen to paper. Well, days after, Rose's wife Brandy Rose has signed her performer and chief brand officer, and Britt Baker, a partner of Adam Cole, will join her in the women's division. BJ Whitmore, Danny Massey have officially signed to work with the promotion in backstage roles too. Two. Well, they've got some big name signings. So, <coughs> they've got some big name signings. Chris Jericho and Pac, aka Neville, to WWE fans, are two of the biggest signings the promotion has landed. WWE legend Billy Gunn has come on board as producer, and SCU trio Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky, Scorpio Sky have joined the fray from Ring of Honor too. Joey Janela is another well-known independent name to have signed on the dotted line. Why hasn't Kenny Omega signed with All Elite Wrestling? The Elite have become big deals in the wrestling world for many reasons, but chief among them has to be their YouTube show, Being the Elite. Well, Omega's been at the forefront of what the Elite is, and one would think he'd been the poster boy of the original announcement. He's certainly conspicuous by his absence, and given that he dropped the IWGP heavyweight title to Hiroshi Tanashi at WrestleMania at Wrestle Kingdom 13, and Dave Meltzer said, WWE has made him a very good offer. He must be at least considering jumping to Vince McMahon and co. Chances are he's still deciding. Well, there's been a bidding war between AEW and WWE full of signature Kenny Mager and the rude departure of the Revival are currently in Vince McMahon's company. The Revival's WWE future is up in the air once more with reports that company officials fear that Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder on the verge of finishing up with the company. Well, there's no indication that Joe have actually asked for it, at least, despite intense speculation yesterday. Sat writes that he's informed every sources have reason to be very fearful that revival are done, and it really relates to undeclosed situation, situation that went down behind the scenes on this week's WWE Raw. This is, no gr- this is no great surprise. Greatly missed on WWE's main roster, Dash and Dawson have made little attempt to hide their frustrations on social media, and recently war tights adorned with Hashtag FTR, i.e. fuck the revival or free the revival or forever the revival on Raw. Regardless, if they do ask to be let go, Vince McMahon is under no obligation to turn them down loose. Uh, is, Vince McMahon is under no obligation to turn them loose and may choose to retain a tag team that would undoubtedly asset, major asset to all elite wrestling. Dash and Dawson defeat Lucha House Party on this week's Raw, though the main rosters never present them as the top guys. They've put to be. Reaching 11 in the world's big exposure may now be impossibility. Many more rumours on social media, such as Goldberg, Goldust and AJ Styles, whose contract is up in April and wants a lighter workload. It will be interesting to see what happens in WWE now that they have finally have some worthy competition. Well, WWE tried to sign Rhodes and the Young Bus Month. Well, it was reported in December that Rhodes, the Bucks and indeed Page turned down major money deals from the WWE, reported to be multi-year deals that are worth more than seven figures annually. Well, whether the WWE saw AEW come in or, was more or not is up for debate, but given the buzz that had been created by the independents, they had to try. Well, a potential TV deal, and to truly compete with WWE, AEW will need a TV deal and a decent one. Well, while AEW official deal just yet, it's rumoured that the TNT TBS are interested and Khan is pulling the strings in that deal. Having... Filed the trademark to Tuesday Night Dynamite, it seems that a Tuesday Night War against SmackDown could be on the horizon until SmackDown moves to Fridays. <laughs> yes. 
Well, how much money is Khan investing in AEW? Well, initially, Tony Khan is injecting $100 million of his own money. Striking a TV deal and gaining some sponsors, but obviously off time, if possible. They're also the best merchandise sellers in the business in 2018, so the revenue streams are pretty evident for AEW. Khan's money should go quite a long way in the first instant. Right, and can I just say, yeah, about that, the best merchandise sellers in the business. That was on Pro Wrestling Tees, and the Young Bucks actually did outsell a few people. Yeah. Notably Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's been retired for 15 years. CM Punk, who hasn't been wrestling in four years, and a couple of other names that have either been retired or possibly dead. So, yeah. Um, Well, Tony Khan is a long-time wrestling fan. An old tweets from Khan show us that he's been paying attention to the independents for a long time, and this is probably a passion project for him. He talks about the likes of CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Fuller made it to WWE, so he's likely to be involved with recruitment too. In a recent press release, Khan also referred to the fact he's been watching wrestling since he was seven. Oh, it was noted by uh, it was noted that HBO were in Florida to film their presser for a special on the group, and though some speculation that this could be the same Canadian team working on a piece on Kenny Omega on the absence of the best bout machine, implied that the focus was clearly on Cody, the Young Bucks, et al. Well, shortly after the conference concluded, a story broke by sources and later other outlets based on additional audience accounts noted how fans sporting all elite wrestling merchandise of Bar from entering the SmackDown live tapings down the road at the Jacksonville Veterans Memorial Arena. Well, WWE's first response couldn't have gone any better for all involved in AEW. While the rally played to broadly positive feedback in spite of ropey production, little does more pro wrestling than when it... Either by design or happy accident, blood is the nose of the industry standard. Away from the coverage and controversy, the company's financial structure was again touted upon after initial statements suggesting that the AWA talent would be paid differently. Whilst company chief Tony Khan mustered platitudes about top staff contracts, it was Brandy Rose's comment on the quality of pay between men and women. Yes, but to elaborate on what Brandy said, it's still going to be paid on like a, a level basis. So if you're on the upper tier of the level, like a superstar, you'll be getting paid more than people in the mid-card as in the lower card. Yeah, but uh, it will also it means as well, if you're a male starting off in a business and a woman starting off the business, you're paid the same. And it's, yeah. it's not different because you're male and female. Oh, no, no, and so yeah. that, and, and that's, that's the kind of point they're getting across, is that it's going to be equal pay. So when you are a main event of the women's division, it's going to be the same money as a main event of the men's as well. So, yeah, you're quite right about that. But well, just just to note, there are actually only three women yeah, yeah, roster. So they're not getting paid that much. Um, so, <laughs> anyway. Well, so far, AEW has confirmed these performers. Cody Rhodes. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick. Chris Jericho. Hangman Adam, Hangman Adam Page. Christopher Daniels. Frankie Kazarian. Scorpio Sky. Joey Janela. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Pack slash Neville. Seema. L. Linderman. T. Hawk. Takiro Yamahur. And the female side, you've got Brandy Rhodes. Britt Baker. And Penelope Ford. And like we said, Billy Gunn has signed as producer, as well as B.J. Whitmore. And Alex Marvez is an announcer. And the company has also stated they are considering using win-loss records and rankings more than any company to increase the importance of match results, which we've been wanting for a very long time. Indeed, yes. And uh, the news that might sway James to turn us into the <laughs> ANR. <laughs> yeah. And that is 
CM Punk to All Elite Wrestling. CM Punk's coming to All Elite Wrestling, did you say? Question mark. Oh, okay. Well, Chris Jericho says CM Punk's not so much a free agent as he is a retired wrestler. From what I understand, of course, we'd love to have Punk come in there. <laughs> I'd love to have Punk coming in there as well. Well, if Punk was to return to wrestling, there's no doubt AEW would be the most attractive proposition, but he's still under contract with UFC for the time being. Even if they don't have any plans to use him, this story might be a slow burner, like another five years. Or it might just be complete bullshit and speculation. But Pro Wrestling's latest upstart promotion is... <laughs> Wouldn't that be an awesome name for a podcast? Bullshit and speculation. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm bullshit joined by speculation. Hi, I'm speculation. <laughs> well, Pro Wrestling's latest upstart promotion is kind of in a holding pattern until they hold their double or nothing event on May 25th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Looking to stay sharp, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, Brandy Rhodes and Cody Rhodes all made an appearance at Southern California Indie Federation Bar Wrestling last night on January the 16th. The trio of Daniels, Kazarian and Sky were already booked in the main event, but after the match is, all when, is when it all elite hell broke loose. We're trying to stop their hill team of Rock Nez Monsters and Eric Watts from attacking SoCal Uncensored, famous dick wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Ryan came out to calm the situation. After that didn't work, AEW's Hangman page became the first of many runnings. Then Cody and Brandy Rose showed up. And to cap it off, the Young Bucks came out to superkick everyone. Well, up until last night, it was looking like a relatively quiet week from AEW. The signing of and the story behind Chris Jericho working for promotion had made most of the headlines. Rose also made some noise when he gave some insight in what the creative side of AEW might look like. Should fans expect more all elite wrestling should fans expect more all elite wrestling talent to show up at random indie events near them over the coming months is uh, well, is this a good strategy for AEW to keep the promotion in the news? Yeah, I don't know. So, AEW is coming. Is it going to be the new WCW or is it going to be the new TNA? What to expect, Dan, right now, before anything happens, we'll look back in a year and see what we said. What are your thoughts on AEW? Where do you think it's going to be in a year's time? Well, I think, you know, it is a good idea to start off your own wrestling company, but I personally don't think it is going to be as big as WWE. You know, um, it might attempt to rival them and, you know, it might do a very good job. But with the likes of, you know, Impact Wrestling, that was started by a former wrestler who wasn't happy with WWE. Look what happened there. You've got Ring of Honor. You've got NJPW. You've got, you know, so many different promotions. Yeah, they are, in- they are internet darlings. But, you know, getting hyped up over selling out an 11,000 stadium... 11,000 seat a stadium it's you know it's pretty much what Raw does yeah no I, I think you're, you're right about that well, well you know they do that but I, I, I hope it just brings renewed competition you know because the thing is it, we've, we've seen promotions starting in the past and you need a kind of money to back it up and with Khan, like we said, million, he's obviously serious about this. And but it, it, it's all dependent on him and when he gets bored of it. If it doesn't work, do you know what I mean? But if he's in it for the next, if they've got a five-year plan or if they've signed three-year contracts, where it is, 
If they've got a plan of where they want to be in three years, in five years' time, that's fine. And don't make the mistakes of WCW trying to compete with WWE. Be a different product. Bring different people to it. Let people enjoy what they like. Do you know what I mean? And then there can be a different thing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the competition is there. And then it will make the other performers have different places to go. Now we can maybe have some talent for AEW. <coughs> And WWE, I can understand exactly why they've done it for. And if they're serious about it, that's great with Chris Jericho signing, whatever it is. But, you know, the sounds at the moment are very, very positive. But it's so difficult to start wrestling promotion and to be successful. Just look at everything we've seen, you know, even with Ring of Honor and Impact. And, you know, it's going to be a very difficult thing. But I, I do hope that in a year's time that they're building towards a kind of their their big event, you know. One thing I do love about it is the fact Cody Rhodes, you know, basically doing what his dad did, you know, 30 years ago. When you think about part of a, a company that was competing against the WF at the time and being creative and coming up with ideas, you know, like he coming up with uh, the war games, you know, and, and stuff like this, very similar to that. Uh, the only problem is, is how long before people think that they're taking advantage of their roles and is it going to be like Jeff Jarrett winning the world title in, in TNA and then breeding success? Or are they going to build up other guys? But I'm, I'm very excited about it, you know? I am. I'm excited about it. But there's there's annoying things, you know, all these rumours that have been going around and, you know, people just going off speculation and what they think is going to happen and this and the other. And, you know, they see it as kind of a rivalry. But if you're a wrestling fan, you you enjoy all types of wrestling. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, whatever the company. And if people want to start their own wrestling f- franchise up, fair play to it. But I remember Khan saying that he was a, he'd been a fan of football since he was seven years old. And he bought Fulham. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, look what happened there. But exactly. he invested, they, they spent 100 million of players in the summer as well, so... They do spend money on it, but it has to become a success. And, and this exactly. is exactly throwing AEW. money at a situation. Situation is something that I don't want to see, and especially with Vince McMahon in response. Oh fuck it! If, if it's billionaires doing it, do you know what I mean? Let them. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't want to see them throw money at it. I want to see them performing in the ring. I want to see yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to see them doing the actual what they do in the ring. And if that means Vince McMahon is saying, "Well, look, you know, I'm going to take a step back." Triple H, you run with Raw and SmackDown, you know, keep NXT ticking over as well. You know, you've got Shawn Michaels there. You've got um, Albert there as well. You know, if they keep doing what they're doing with NXT UK and, you know, just improve the product yeah. overall. Yeah, no, and, yeah. You know, hopefully at the end of it, if we're getting an even better wrestling experience, again, whatever, whatever franchise you watch, then, you know, what's the harm in that? It is all for the benefit of better wrestling, but I just don't want to see them, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I might sign with AEW, so I want more money from you. And people that certainly don't deserve it, i.e. the Canellis is, well, you know, putting out rumours yeah, that they're yeah, going to yeah. sign with different companies just to get more money to sit on the sidelines yeah. and do fuck all. But I think it's the interesting thing. If, if they, we'll see where it goes from here. Like I said, the, the next event's coming up. And it'd be a lot more noise, you know. Uh, and there's a couple of rumours that I don't believe. And we'll just see what happens with it. WWE have obviously, you know, very strong footing at the moment. So you can't direct completely with them. But if it brings more interest and, and like I said, more competition to wrestling, then that's a great thing, you know. And and yeah. there you go. I think we leave it there. There's the news and that's everything we talked about. So there's only one thing left to do on the monthly uh 
WWE Network review, Dan. And it's time for NXT Update. And Dan, when does NXT Update start? Now! So here we go. We start with LXC episode 383, December 19th, 2018. And a chilling trailer for the main event. Mauro Ronaldo refers to as Gagano and Black's endgame. Kicks things off before the usual opening theme. Ronaldo, Percy Watson, Slash Jackson and Nigel McGuinness welcome us to Full Sail. And we're starting with women's tag action. The horsewomen enter to Shayna Baszler's entrance theme. Duke is wearing a traditional two-piece pro wrestling outfit. Shafir has on fight shorts and a tankini top. Yeah, so here we go. These women cost Kari Sane the NXT Women's Championship at TakeOver. And now we're finally going to see them debut. Shafir and Duke going up against Io Shara, my pick in the Mayan Classic, and Dakota Kai. And I, I appreciate these two women because they came out to try and even the odds when the going wasn't tough and they'd been in uh, Kari Sane's corner. And it's good to see. Hopefully they can pay... Jasmine Duke and Majorina Shafir, a bit payback for what they did. But are you uh, looking forward to this, Dan? Who are your favourite favorite team here? Well, I'm going to go for the uh, four women of UFC. I mean, the four horsewomen of UFC. I mean, you know, if these two guys are as dominating as their friends are, then this should be a walk in the park for them. Are you, have you got the Basler train now, have you? The, the Ronda Rousey train, do you think? You well, so you think the four you were saying to me earlier the four horsewomen of MMA could be better than the four horsewomen of WWE, weren't you? I think you're taking that out of context, James. <laughs> out of context. I think that's what you I said. I think to you're me. taking that completely out of context. I just said, um, you know, what's the point in debuting these two women if uh, they're not going to get off on the right foot? You know, the thing is, is that I like Io Shai, and that's why you've gone against her again. Even though Jasmine Duke and uh, Marina Shafir are so annoying. And been costing everybody opportunities. It's, it's been horrible, they're interfering. Kai now might be backed up, but these two women are going to be green. And Kai's got a lot of experience on the side. Of course, Jess Carr, referee. And Jasmine Drook's in there, thanks to Shafir's interference, the kick to the back. They've taken control on this very annoying. And Shafir now got hold of Dakota Kai, just pummeling away as Io Shirai looking on at ringside. And I'm sure these two women are being trained by your... NXT Women's Champion and the Raw Women's Champion as well. Yeah, who don't, weirdly enough. She she is training them up. Yeah, so uh, Ronda Rousey are probably all getting trained at the same time. Rousey probably a little bit along. Baszler, of course, had a bit of experience. I was a fan of Baszler until she relied on the, the help of Jasmine Duke and Rooney Shafir to keep hold of the championships, unlike Ronda Rousey, who's been a dominating champion. Like I said, easy dispatching of like Alexa Bliss and people like that during the year. Uh, but we're focused on this now. We're looking at, I mean, the women's division of NXT looks strong. Every time you think people are going to be taken away, people like Oscar, Ember Moon, or even Banks and Bailey, they kind of rebuild again. You know, and we're seeing it here. These four, I think, will be leading the women's division. Along with Baszler, of course, who is the champion of Kyrie Sane, who's been out due to injury at the moment. No, you know, I can see uh, Shirai 
Dakota Kai and uh, Kari Sane kind of leading the charge there. You know, hopefully Shirai and uh, Kari Sane have some good matches down the line as well. You know, I know they're friends at the I'd like to see them two in action against each other. The matches they have had, you know, in Japan and stuff like that have been awesome, so it'd be great if they could continue that in NXT. Hopefully that is the plan. You know, that's what I'm hoping. But at the moment with Baszler and this, you know, it's quite a good setup with uh, being defended by these two as well. As Kai looking for a tag getting stopped by Jasmine Duke. But, but not manages for long. Like, with a scorpion kick, takes down Duke, and can she get the much needed tag to Shirai? Nah, personally, I'll... I'd rather see uh, Dakota Kai and Shirai win this. Yeah. I prefer Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> oh, here we go. Shirai gets a hot tag. Comes in with a kick. Takes down Marina Shafir. And Shafir just struggling to get up after every f- offensive move. <laughs> 619, channeling her inner Rey Mysterio there. And now we're going to see her springboarding the way back in. West Coast pop. Beautiful drop kick to the face by EO. And she's not finished yet. And now here we go. Big knees in the corner. Shafir in all sorts of trouble. Slams her down. Just stands over. And now she's going to use the acai moonsault. But Duke's up on the apron. Well, Dakota Kai there to uh, kind of remove the distraction. Moonsault. One, two, three. And Neo Shai gets the job done with Dakota Kai. I mean, were you impressed with the MMA women there? I mean, a bit too green for me. Not at all, no. You know, you can tell they're far too green. They just kind of done their little standard bit at the beginning and, you know, took a bit of punishment towards the end. You know, it's uh, too green for me. And, I, you know, it. I think it is pointless making, uh, signing con- people to contracts if they're not, you know, if they're not any good. What, but no, but they know we know why they've signed. Yeah, you know. What yeah, I mean? that's like, what I mean. You know, that's the point I'm getting at. You know, it's pointless signing someone just because of their name. You, you should be able to get something done in the ring, and if they're not ready for, you know, on-screen action just yet, don't put them in. Yeah, without a doubt, I, I, I completely agree with you when it comes to that. Well, after that, we get another, we get another Djakovic teaser. He's next. But first, we get a flashback to Cassius Ono blasting Matt Riddell after his win over Punishment Martinez. Interviewers caught up with Riddle outside of Full Sail today. He's not happy him, but he gets it. He embarrassed Ono at TakeOver, and he dares him to get into the ring face-to-face. He'll knock him out again. Bro. Dominant Javakovic defeated Aaron Mackay after Feast Your Eyes, backbreaker Rack face-first into a knee lift. Well, Mack is hesitant to enter, and we see why... When his first kick is shin-blocked and he gets lit up with strikes, he tells Aaron, time to fly before launching him out of a vertical suplex and more punishment than after telling us all to feast our eyes. He ends things after a couple of minutes. Well, Heavy Machinery get a hype video, no mention of their call-up. We're reminded about a tag team title shot next week and I'll have a warm-up tonight. General Manager William Regal announces via tweet that Io Shirai impressed him tonight so she'll be the final entrant in next week's number one contender, Fatal 4-Way Match. Well, Heavy Machine treated these guys via pinfall after a double compactor. The job squad played scared, and Otis Dozovic starts by throwing both guys around. Quick, Dozer and Tucker Knight pick up their opponents and toast with them before Otis dumps his guy and Tucky runs his guy pillar to post. Undeserving era hit the stage and allows one of the local talent to get in a cheap shot. That doesn't last. And Heavy Machinery hit their finisher on one of the dudes. 
but pull up and don't pin him. They hit it on the other guy. Then while staring down the four hills on stage, Dozovic picks up both guys and they get it. Well, we see the competitors for the main event stage while ominous music plays. And it's going to be Johnny Gagano versus Alistair Black in a steel cage match. And we're seeing Alistair Black coming out here. And I love this entrance, Dan. And I don't know if we're turning into the other person. Do you know, like, you're starting to like Baszler and all that kind of shit. And with Alistair Black, I can really see. Oh, wait a minute. I don't like Shania Baszler. Well, no, you, you said that during the last match. You were saying how you've become a fan of it. And Alistair Black was coming out here. I like the way the kind of the smoke and mirrors and Gagano. As attacked from behind, Gagano's a proper hill now, isn't he? Well, you know, I think he's uh, he's kind of fighting with himself over being a face or a hill. He's uh, he's just trying to do whatever is necessary to claim the NXT Championship from his former friend Tommaso Ciampa. But we we said this before, like you know, you either die here or live long enough to see yourself turn into a villain. This is what happened with Gagano. The fans have definitely turned against him. In this one, and Alistair Black was attacked from behind, but now he's on top. And Alistair Black's just gone from strength to strength. I think the, even the injury helped him. That kind of mis- mysterious, mysterious thing about him. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of uh, if people are compared to maybe the Undertaker or something. Maybe not that level, but there's definitely something about the character. And I think he's been really strong on the mic, really strong on the ring, and uh, the ring. And I think you know when we were talking about it maybe a couple of years ago. We didn't think he'd come along this well. Do you know what I mean in that no, way? No, you know, we saw him in the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic with Tommaso Ciampa. We've seen him square off against each other in the 205 Live uh, Cruiserweight Classic. And, you know, we, we just seen Johnny wrestling and thought, you know, well, if he gets called up, he's more than likely going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. You know, he's going to be a low to mid carder. He's going to be like a Ty Dillinger. But kind of since his... Split from uh, Tommaso Ciampa and then, you know, returning, facing uh, Tommaso in some of the greatest matches of the last year. And, you know, how he just completely flourished under him and he's turned himself, you know, from someone who I would assume would be like a mid to low carder if he ever got called up to someone who is the hottest property in NXT right now. Well, that, and this is the thing, you know, it's a great match for CN and everything like this as well. And both of these guys, the, the kind of character development happens to that doesn't happen in WWE nowadays, of where these two guys were a couple of years ago to where they are now. And anything Alistair Black with Velveteen Dream and all the matches there and that kind of feud with the NXT title, Lars Sullivan, all played into the fact leading to this point. And the reason why he's pissed off at Gagano is because he had the injury. And, you know, and they did it in such a way where they, they played it off perfectly, where it could have been a hindrance, and they turned it into such a positive. And Alistair Black's come back so hot. And Johnny Gagano, even in defeat, like you said, he's just so strong as well. And then Champer in the background as champion, it, it's just brilliant, the interaction between the three, three men that they've got. You know, I, I still think NXT main event is still the best thing going at the moment, men's-wise in WWE. You oh, know? most certainly, yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, as we mentioned before, you've got Tommaso Chompers, like the puppet yeah, master, yeah, yeah. Alistair Black. You know, this could have been Alistair Black's rematch, but yeah. Chompers kind of weaseled out of it and says, look, why don't you face each other inside a cage match? You know, and he's like kind of, up the stakes with these two guys. And, you know, these two are definitely the next contenders for the NXT Championship. Yeah. But, you know, it's if they're in a cage, they're going to hurt themselves a lot more than if it was a standard match. So, you know, and 
I what I think before these guys go up, WWE needs to clean its pipes. They need to get rid of, I'd say about twenty five percent they've got on the main roster, before you know worrying about calling up other guys because they're just flooding, flooding it and flooding it and flooding it, and people that honestly aren't getting a chance. Uh, you know, honestly, deserve a chance. Aren't getting that chance. Yeah, but I, I think the thing is, they're stockpiling talent. You know, they, they, they've got so much talent they get used. How many people on SmackDown? You know, Ty Dillinger or Nakamura doesn't get used week in, week out. People on Raw, even on NXT, you know, in development and stuff like it's just there's not enough space for all of them. And I think they're worried if they do release them because well, now with other organisations like we've seen with mentions, <coughs> you know, but exactly all them, you know, to go there, you can make lots of money in New Japan now. You can make lots of money in the independent scene as Cody Rhodes has proved. Now you've got the you know the elite wrestling, all elite wrestling, all elite wrestling. You've got of course you know it, um, Impact Wrestling as well. Yeah. Well, no, but do you know what I mean? Like, Ring of Honor, yeah, there's a lot of places. You know, would you take losing, like, you know, a Ty Dillinger, a Shinsuke Nakamura to one of these two guys coming up and being better treated as opposed to, like, you know, getting matches on live and just being completely wasted? I mean, you know, Sanity, they was brilliant when I was in NXT. Get called up and, what you know, they've, yeah, exactly, they've yeah. had to spend eight months on the sidelines. Yeah before finally getting included in, you know, in a bit part. I think that's a problem, but I think that could be helping NXT now that these guys are not going up and they're going to stay around a little bit longer. Yeah, there'll be a few call-ups for people that maybe aren't well-known, then you can keep the storyline going. I mean, like I said, the Chumper Kagano thing now is we go, you know, nearly two and a half, three years now. And when you think about a time of old NXT, someone like Finn Balor would just kind of go away. And Yes, we know Alistair Black's going to be called up some point in 2019, but, you know, there's still someone like Gagana could possibly still be here until he gets that moment with Chumper. We still don't know when it will be. One thing about NXT as well, and just about these, the kind of wrestling, the wrestling is just great. It's got to a point now where it just seems to be improving upon itself. And every match just seems to deliver, especially in the men's one. You know, like, when's the last bad main event match that we've had between, like, Gagano, Chumper, Black, CN involved in that as well, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> it's just great at the moment. And it's not just, you know, oh, people... Well, you know, we could, even, team, but... we could even count back. You know, you've had CN, we've had Drew McIntyre, Bobby Roode, Samoa, Jamora, Balor, Owens, you know... Well, just think how big a match the Bobby Roode-Nakamura match was and when it happened, you know what I mean? Yeah. The entrances and the build-up that we had. And now, you know... If it happened now. <laughs> but, you know, kind of no disrespect to either of the guys, but a Nakamura versus Bobby Roode match... On Raw or SmackDown, it's been like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Back at the time, it was... And like you said, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe and people like that before. Well, you know, it's kind of like these two guys getting called up and then like in a year or so time having a match and people are going, what the fuck? You know, yeah. who cares? But, you know, you look back at their War Games match and you're like, fucking hell. Exactly, exactly. And, and this is what we're, we're seeing in this match is Alistair Black started... You know, we want it, well, he took Johnny Gagano in, closed the cage door. Gagano looked to escape. It's kind of back and forth between the two, but now it seems Alistair Black has kind of taken control here, and he's so dangerous with the kicks and what he could do in the ring. So you know, that's how you get up. Not like fucking rocking to your side. And <laughs> 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 Gagano getting up slowly. Oh, oh, but Alistair Black drops him back to the mat again with a big knee. Goes for a cover, but only getting a two count. Two. Well, pinfall submissions or escaping the cage. And you've got to think, like you said, Dan, the winner of this will be number one contender, but it's how much damage they inflict on each other. 
Well, we've got an NXT takeover coming up soon. Anyway, Alistair Black. Black's going up to the top. All he has to do is just hang over the edge and drop. But no, he's not satisfied with that. So Alistair Black is winning 1-0. Well, is that a mistake, though, for Alistair Black? No, he wants to continue absolving Johnny of his sins. Well, that's right. And he comes off. Gagana tries a kick, but he blocked it. Black with a kick to the face. Comes running towards Gagano. Gagano, though, I don't know if it's just because he's tired. Sidestepped. Alistair Black hits the cage. And now he's probably going to regret it. And now he's in a bit of trouble with Gagano, who's shown every bit of character that he has. How many people are Gagano portrayed? You know, like the kind of funny, baby face, you know, hillside clown. And he's stepping on Alistair Black to get up and escape the cage. He's stepping over all the NXT universe just to get an opportunity to chumper. And Black's in his way. You know, they say that when you normally break up from a tag team, you get the uh, you get the Marty Jannetty, you get the Shawn Michaels. But Johnny Gagano and Tommaso Ciampa have both been the Shawn Michaels in the breakup of their tag team. Fucking hell. And Gagano there, sunset flip powerbomb to Black off that top rope. Huge impact like he's like thrown out of a... Or to vehicle, Gagana goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, oh but managing to get the shoulder up at two. A two. Yeah, well, a couple of things about the genetic thing is that, yeah, sometimes that does happen. Uh, sometimes they can find the same success as others, and, you know, some don't. I think with Gagano and uh, Champa, it helps that they were both stars before they became a tag team and then split a bit afterwards as well. You know, look at other tag teams. Like Miz and John Morrison, you know, Miz is obviously, you know, John Morrison's and Marty Jannetty now of that tag team. But back in the day, people thought, oh, no, it's the Miz, but he proved everybody wrong, didn't he? You know, so it does take a little bit of time to see. Maybe in 10 years, Tom, we can look back at Jumper and Kagano and say, where did it go after here? Well, you say that, but Johnny Impact, he's currently riding high. He's Impact champion at the moment. You know, and the Miz, what's he doing? Squabbling over a trophy with Shane McMahon. So, you know, Are you comparing Impact Wrestling to WWE? I'm not comparing it, but I know exactly. which position I'd rather be in. Yeah, I know. What would you rather be in Impact? I'd rather be in Impact getting airtime as opposed to scrubbing over... Well, why don't you do the Impact over. Review podcast with the friend down the road then and get the fuck out of the WNR podcast then, yeah? And now Black fighting back. <coughs> Beautiful combinations, but Gagano super kick to the face. Oh, my God. And then a knee by Black... I'll tell you what, the counters for these two men, the striking involved as well, is brilliant. And Gagano's got a far away look in his eyes. Go on, Alistair. Beat the evil out of him. Oh, and Alistair Blackwood kicked to the face. Oh, a second running boot to the face. And Gagano can't fall back. There's still cages there, but the door... Will he fall out the door? <laughs> well, will he? The door is open. Here comes the knee, and Gagano's falling out the cage. Alistair Black falls on his leg. Is he going to drag him back into the cage? Well, Alistair Black got so annoyed there by Gagano. I don't know if it's Gagano's game plan. So he nearly let Gagano win the match. You know, Johnny's locked back into the cage. But a super kick and he wants out. Well, it's not Johnny wrestling. It's Johnny locked in. Well, it's Johnny escape, isn't it? Trying to get out. And Black still got old. Well, I see Tommaso Chomper's face appear as he pulls the cover up a lot. Yeah, under, like, under there with his like, title. Like Dave Mastiff had a little smile <laughs> on his face. <laughs> Dave Mastiff's there eating a pie as well next to Jumper. Oh, my. <laughs> right. 
Oh, oh my God! Look Alistair at these kids. Alistair Black with a kick combination, looking for his springboard, but Johnny follows him up to the second rope. Oh, kind of a side Russian leg sweep gets him in the Gagano escape. And there is Gagano escape from this from Black. They're in the middle of the ring right now, and Gagano might get one over on Ali. Oh my God! And Gagano's got it in. Well, Black attempt to escape, but Gagano locks it back in, and he's delivering a few knee strikes to the head for good measure. And surely Ali B can't get out of this. Well, don't call me Shirley, but I think it's going to take a lot more than this for Ali B to get beaten by Johnny Wrestling. And somehow, standing up with Gagano's got the hold in. Throws him into the cage, and Johnny uses that as momentum to escape. Alice and Black's recovering. And Gagano's escaping. And Ali B going after. Grabs hold of his hair. Elbow to the back, and now both men going up. And this is not like a normal WWE cage, as you know. It's put together here. It's very precarious on top. Must be at least 12 foot high. At least 16 foot in the air. And both men in a very precarious position. Johnny choosing to slide back into the ring for a more comfortable fall, I suppose. <laughs> He's got hold of Ali B. Both men on the top turnbuckle. She's the face and now headbutts by Johnny Wrestling. And he's looking on and he's got an idea. And he's not done yet. Oh my God, Gagano. Johnny Gargano. He's got Aston Black. Oh. Oh, was he looking for an RKO? Well, look, maybe for a net break and Black blocked. Oh. oh comes off the top turnbuckle, double knees to the chest. Duplex going for the cover. And at the last possible second, Johnny Gagano kicked out. Oh. Uh, Alice the Black's putting Johnny Gagano in the position for the Black Mass kick, but Johnny had it scouted. Sends Black's leg over the second ring rope and just kicks the shit out of the ring rope. Super kick to the face, picks him up, and now he's got him. And he, oh my God, javelins him into the second turnbuckle. Snake eyes. Oh, Gagano there, using Alice the Black. Alice the Black's a javelin. And the cage is the javelin catcher. My word. Johnny Gagano just ate still and it didn't take like, taste like a freshly prepared meal by a chef. And I tell you something, Gagano's taste is still, so is Ali B. And the booze raining down for Johnny right now. And he could escape, but I think he wants to hurt Alistair Black as well. And Chumper's plan, the mastermind behind it all, he must be back. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face and he's rubbing his title belt. Ever so gently. And Gagano's going to look to put Black away now with a super kick. Here he comes. And Alistair... Oh, my God! Mamma mia! <laughs> Alistair Black with the Black Mask kick to the face! Oh, wow. Out of nowhere. Mamma effing... Gagano is absolutely shocked by that. And he might be up before Ali B's up. Gagano is up before Alistair Black in a Black Mask kick. Oh, my word. And Gagano's going up to escape. But Alistair Black's crawling towards the cage door. Whoever's feet touches the ground first will win. Well, Black looking for the door. Gagano's on his way down. Looks like Johnny Gagano's going to escape first. No, I think Black's there. What? Oh! What? No! Chumper with the door to Alistair Black. Gagano's going to escape. He's not... Dropped to the floor, yet, yeah. And now Chump has beaten down Alistair Black. Was this the plan all along? 
Well, Johnny's choosing not to drop down. Is he going to go down and beat the fuck out of Tommaso Ciampa? Well, I think he is. I mean, maybe he thinks Ciampa's the man behind this all, wanting to take out Ali B instead of himself. And the look on Gagano's face. Ciampa's in for it now. Oh, Gagano's furious, and he's looking at Alistair Black. The crowd are chanting DIY. Uh, DIY, we all know about them, what they used to be about. And are they going to go back and repeat history? Oh, my God. Gagano, don't do it, Chomper. What's it? It's like he can't not. The DIY kick and knee. Well, they catch Alistair Black with the meat in the middle. Oh, my God, DIY. Back together just for them, but I don't know what the look is. Chumper is smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face because I think he's pulled Johnny Gagano straight into his trap. And he goes out, shuts the door. It's all legal in a steel cage match. <coughs> goes for the cover. Wabu. Three. Johnny Gagano wins in a hellacious steel cage match. I don't know what to think about DIY. I know what I think about Chumper and Gagano, but Dan, what do you think of that match? Well, I don't know what to think, do I? I don't know. It's it's still like you know this storyline. It seems like it's evolving. Is Chumper trying to lull Johnny Wrestling into a full sense of security? Is Johnny Gagano kind of fixated under a spell from Chumper? It was you know, thing, what's, it looked what's like that, didn't it? These two? It did look like that there. I mean, I don't know, Chumper. As, you know, as champion, has he got control over Gagano that no one else has done? It's, it's really, really interesting, you know, as we see a story like Alistair Black loses there, but, you know, not for any fault of his own. It's down to DIY. I think Black had the K match one before Chumper came out, but I don't know what's about their intrigue. I want to see what happens next to see the storyline progress. Do you know what I mean? I think, it's, I think it's a brilliant match. What do you think of the match in itself, you know? The match is absolutely great, and, you know, it's something that, we're used to seeing on NXT. You know, they got given plenty of time. They've told another brilliant story. And, you know, the ending just leaves more questions up in the air. And you kind of want answers as well. As Johnny Gagano sits next to Alistair Black in his uh, Alistair Black's usual seating position. Is Johnny Gagano absolved of his sins? Is Alistair Black? Wow. Is... It's, it's just such an interesting story. Gagano gets the victory, but... This is far from over here tonight. And maybe Gagano and Chumpa are in cahoots, Dan. Maybe they are in cahoots. We just don't know. All right, so we move on to our next episode, NXT, episode 484, December 26th, 2018. And before the opening thing, we get a commercial hyping the title and number one contenders match, Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watson slash Jackson do the same. And we start with the ladies. So the first match is Bianca Belair versus Lacey Evans versus Io Shah versus Mia Yim in a fatal four-way to become the NXT Women's Championship number one contender at NXT TakeOver in Phoenix. That was a nice short one. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Dan, who are you backing in this fatal four-way? I think it would be no surprise who I am backing. I am backing the Blasian baddie Mia Yim. Yeah, she is coming out now. I mean, what's been impressed you about Mia Yim? I think impressive in the ring, you know, her her persona, her style, you know, just everything about her, I think it moulds into a brilliant performer, you know. I think all these women in the ring are talented, 
aside from Lacey Evans. I'm not struck on her. Bianca Belair, she really annoys me. And Io Shirai, well, she's your kind of... She's my pick, so. and that's what I'm going for in this one. But I like all these women. Bianca Belair undefeated with the long hair. Nearly gets rolled up by Shirai, but gets showed up at two. Two. And Lacey... Undefeated. And Lacey Evans, of course, moving up to the main roster. So he's probably... Won't be in this one. Mia Yim, of course, in the May Young Classic as well. Belair in the first one. Rolls to the outside. And now Yim and Shirai look a bit like a tag team at the moment. And here comes Mia Yim. Suicide dive. And now here, finally, Lacey Evans is in. The woman's right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow, Eo Shirai comes flying out the ring. <laughs> takes out Bianca Belair. And Lacey Evans is the only one standing in the ring. Oh, my God. Is she all right? Look, look. Oh, my goodness. That's like a Mick Foley-esque bump there. Oh. She's back on her feet, though. Credit to her. Yeah, Shirai seems like, you know, she landed that one quite well. Mia Yim and Shirai are both teaming up yet again. Not because they look the same, because they're both faces in this match. Thank you for pointing that one out. And now double-teaming her. An Irish whip and a boot to the face for Yim. Back elbow by Shai. And Evans got no right to be there at the moment. She's in trouble. What are you saying? Women don't have rights. No, no her finish is a woman's right. And she's she's into that kind of thing. Yim there with a cannonball. And now double knees in the corner by Shai. They're still teaming a Yim with a kick. Oh! But Evans ducks. Uh, Mia Yim inadvertently hits uh, someone that was assisting her throughout the match, I suppose. And uh, takes Io Shirai out of it. Well, it is every woman for herself, but I think that will come back in a little bit later. And Yim got kicked down there by Evans. Oh, springboards over the top rope and drops the elbow. Going for the cover, but no, Yim up at two. Two. Lacey Evans and her look, I think there's something uh, a little bit different about. I'm sure, you know, long hair, blonde. She'll be used well in the WWE she comes up. She just dropped her whole Shirai into me, Yim. Well, James, I, for one, think looks have nothing to do with it. Oh, come off it. You're Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, everybody that you ever picked ever, Tony Storm, all look the same. By the way, in a year's time, when you're a fan of Lacey Evans and whatnot, then we can, we have another little chat about it, all right? I've picked me a Yim, thanks. Yeah. Well, you picked Yim in this match, and of course, I'm sure I, in this, but anybody, I think, in this match can go on and beat Baszler well, at TakeOver. Um, I'm not such a huge fan of Baszler as you are. Well, so, um, I know. I'm sure I will win. And now snap their takedown by Lacey Evans, working on my pick, but still strong enough to get the shoulder up at two. Two. The Irish whip and Bianca Belair's back in. With her long hair, shoulder block. Wearing double denim. Now a shot. Oh, Belair uses Shirai's legs to take out Lacey Evans. And then low bridges Bianca Belair to the outside. I don't think, you know... <laughs> Bianca Belair and Lacey Evans on the same kind of level as Yim and um, Shirai. I think you can definitely see the kind of learning still working, do you know what I mean, and the actual workers themselves. I think that's maybe the women's division have got a couple of more months to kind of develop maybe in the end of the year. You know, Even with Bezos, she's not fully there, is she? Do you know what I mean? No, so you can definitely see developmental. Maybe we got spoiled a little bit by what we've kind of seen before. And, of course, we like the Oscar Reign and, of course, Nikki Cross. He's been a veteran of the kind of scene. I think that's why she's there to a point. I know she's getting called up now, but I think the whole reason was kind of being that veteran influence. They're still very new. Each of these women, you know, less than maybe a year in WWE at this point. 
Well, a very impressive leg sweep there from Lacey Evans. And I'm not just saying that because she's blonde and busty. Oh, she busted. She, I didn't even notice that. See, there you go again, Dan. And Bianca Belair stuffing the pink full cover. Oh, my God. Picking up Sharon on the shoulders. And Evans trying to stop it. Well, she don't want a submission victory for Bianca Belair. And now we can see these two. We can see EST <laughs> fighting off. No. She looks like she's had her lipstick smashed down her face. <laughs> well, here comes Mia Yimin. Gets double shoulder blocked. Well, Lacey Evans and... Uh, Bianca Belair are on the same page here, but Shirai saving her friend Yim. Going for a double Mia Yim with a kick to the back because both women didn't fall over. Goes for a cover on both of them, but both women kick out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And now Yim on top of Belair, but Evans recovering with a boot to the face. And it is more of a tag team match than a fatal four-way at this moment in time, but Belair stopping Evans, going for the cover in herself, but gets stopped again. And now these two women go have a little discussion about it. Now a pushing fight, and Belair, I think, wins the strength battle. Yim's up, though. Got Belair. Oh, belly to back with a bridge. One, two. Oh, but Evans breaks it up. Springboard drop kick there by Shai on Lacey Evans. That was beautiful, but oh, my God. Lacey Evans takes her out of us. Bianca Belair takes out Eo Shai with a spear. Oh, my God. What a huge move that was. And all four women are down. Are they women, are they? I don't notice their race. No, nope. I don't notice gender. All four competitors are down. All competitors? They're not good enough to be superstars. <laughs> Bianca Belair goes for the cover, but Yim gets shot up at two. Two. Goes to Lacey Evans, but Evans gets his shoulder up at two. Two. Goes to Yoshiara, but Shiara gets his shoulder up at two. Two. And oh my God, Bianca Belair didn't go for the cover on Shiai. She went for the full Nelson. Now picking her up for the slam, but Shiai rolls her up. Double foot stomp to the gut. That's it. Come on, Shiai. And a drop toe hold. Belair down. Now here comes Shai. 6-1-9. Shai off the top with a drop kick. Sends Bianca Belair. Rolling through. Goes for the cover. One, One two. two. Oh, but Evans breaks it. And now sending Shai to the outside. Yim's up low. And a huge chop. And now kicking out at Lacey Evans. On the woman's right. And that's it. Evans going for the cover. One, One two. two. Oh, Eo Shirai's in just in time to break it up. Well, I don't know, referee was maybe a little bit slow there. And Shirai's, I'm not complaining, palm strike by Shirai. Slamming Evans down, we know what happens next. She looks to go up for that moonsault. Springboarding her way up. Asai moonsault time. Hits it, this is it. One, One two. two, oh. And using the hair as a weapon. Come on, ref. Well, that's not fair. Picking up Shai. No. Oh. Sending her outside over the... T- Powerbombing her onto Yim. Picking up Lacey Evans. The KOD for the one, two, three. Bianca Belair is the number one contender. She's got long hair. I'm shocked, Dan. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll say it. I mean, Belair, for the last maybe minute of that match there... I can see what they're doing with her character, but there's obviously people are high hopes there. I like Lacey Evans' involvement in it. I like Yim. I thought it was a great match, to be fair. I think there's some moments where it looked a little bit kind of waiting for each other to hit their spots and wherever it was. But I, again, you're going to have a go at me, but I think Shai was the kind of true star in that. Yim, close second. And I think Blair and Evans have got a lot of work to do before well, they went away. Well, enough, you know? I thought that Mia Yim was the breakout star in that match and Io Shirai was a 
Close second. Well, did you, oh, I think she eyes the kind of moonsault off the top and then getting power bombed onto me. Um, and a couple of other moves that she did were more impressive. But hey, you know, opinions like arseholes, and you are one. So we'll move on. I'm an opinion. Is that the saying? I don't know. Uh, well, up next, Jackson Riker defeated Mitch Taverni via pinfall following a rebound powerbomb. Well, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler accompany Riker to the ring. He's all over Tavana from the bell, punching and chopping him in the corner. He knows how a chop in return and slams into the mat and rubs his face into it. Squash that ends with his finisher. Let his fellow Forgotten Sons join him in the ring. Velveteen Dream hype video he asked himself in his great 2018, including complimentary tweets he received from Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, Triple H and John Cena. He promises the experience will be even better in 2019. After a quick recap of last week's main event, we join NXT champ Tommaso Ciampa somewhere backstage for a self-shot promo. He's a man of his word, but sometimes he feels like no one is listening. But last week proves Johnny Gagano has been listening. He followed his old tag partner's lead and pinned the number one contender. Where does that leave Gagano? He can't have a shot at the champ's title, but he thinks he should get a shot at maybe the North American title? He tells Johnny to think about it. This is everything they dreamed about coming into NXT unsigned. Two kids taking over the world. Phoenix could be their takeover and then with Chompa as NXT champ and Gagano as North American champ. Think about it. Oh my God, Chompa is doing it all over again. I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, Chompa is the ultimate puppet master manipulating Gagano. And like you said, he must be transfixed. There must be kind of spell that he's fallen under with with Gagano Chompa. It is brilliant storytelling. And will Johnny Gagano focus on Ricochet coming up? Well, next week we have a special episode at NXT Hands Out Lair Year End Awards. Not as good as WNR Awards, of course. And Matt Riddell gets another match with Cassie Sono to keep from being a full-on clip show. Well, up next is the main event. The tag team titles are on the line. It is Heavy Machinery going up against the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole and Bobby Fish are not out with Roderick Strong and handsome Carl O'Reilly for this. So here come the Undisputed Era and they feel like they've been tag team champions forever. But in actual fact, it was only when they beat Mustache Mountain for the championships back at TakeOver in, I want to say May. May Timber. So they've been they've been together they've been the titles for a few months now. Can Heavy Machinery be a proper threat, Dan? They can indeed, yes. Shakes and weights. Shakes and weights. You're a big fan of Heavy Machinery though, aren't you? I am, yeah. I do like Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovich. What is it about that you like more than kind of other guys, maybe their size? I just think it's you know, it's their personality, their aura and you know, they they just entertaining to watch this is the thing and I think Undisputed Era I know you hate Alan Cole but I think Kyle O'Reilly and Strong have been quite a good tag team recently and I think they've put forth some quite great matches I think in War Games they, they did quite well but I mean are the, the I know the War Raiders are injured so are they taking the place now you know Heavy Machine are taking the place for now would it would be a great threat losing their titles if it was against War Raiders as opposed to Heavy Machinery you reckon I think so. I think we're going to definitely see click. We're going to see that happen down the road with uh, War Raiders and Undisputed Era. But the tag team championship is on the line. Keys to victory, Dan. So, what do Heavy Machinery have to do if they want to win this one? Well, Heavy Machinery, I think they need to just isolate Roderick Strong because he is the prophetic loser in this tag team. Um, you know, Kyle O'Reilly. I think for his idiocracy, he is. Um, 
he was quite a talented worker in the ring. Yeah, I, I like Carlo Riley. You know, credit where it's just, um You know, we've seen Roderick Strong. He's, well, pre-joining Undeserving Era, he was, you know, he, he lost in pretty much everything he went for. But, you know, you, you just can't discredit the uh, the interference that Undisputed yeah. Era can bring. I think this is my biggest problem with NXT at the moment. I don't want it to go the same way in two divisions or even three divisions. We've had them, or four divisions for fuck's sake, with Adam Cole's involvement. We, we've seen the Unspeaked Era, you know, Adam Cole getting involved and them getting involved on his behalf when it comes to titles on the line or opportunities. And now we're starting seeing that in the women's division, of course, with uh, Shafir and Duke helping out Baszler. And of course, we know the connections between those and, of course, Undisputed Era as well. You know, so uh, I, I just don't want it to be the whole same thing because it's, you know, we've seen enough of it going back 20 years and watching it in WCW, you know what I mean, with all the outside interference. Uh, and I think it just take away. And what we've seen when we looked at NXT UK and, you know, the takeover events was kind of how clean the finishes were, even though when they were in groups, you know, they could still get the job done. And I think that doesn't take away from the face if a heel can get the job done. If you're better in just that one match, doesn't mean you're better than them overall. Just means in this one match, you know, they did get the job done. As long as you play it as that, as long as it's not a complete squash then, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, indeed. You know, um, and, you know, like Joe Coffey proved in on two, three instances, you know, he can beat a competitor one-on-one. It makes him a more legitimate threat. Whereas, you know, every defence that Undeserving Era have, I know it's just the fact of coming out onto the ramp or coming to ringside, it still, like, you know, causes a distraction. And, you know, maybe they might get one or two sneaky shots in from behind as well. And it kind of, you know, it's it's like, well, how can you take this tag team seriously if they can't win a match straight up? Yeah, no, I, I can agree with you. I think that is a problem when it comes to uh, Undisputed Era in that way. Because I think they have got the talent to actually get the job done. And at the moment, they tried to... Um, Stop the weak link of Henry Sheenie, but they found out it's not Tucker Knight and it's not Otis Dozovich at this moment in time. And Strong's in a bit of trouble with Tucker Knight. And these two guys are on their way to the main roster. We're saying they might not, you know, they still might win here tonight. But on their way up as Kyle O'Reilly gets a tag. And Heavy Machinery both got both men up in bear hugs. Do you think it's deserving of Heavy Machinery to go up? No, I don't think it is. But then again... They have done it the other way around. You know, look at what happened to the rival and Authors of Pain. That's not really worked. Whereas, like, someone like Elias or Alexa Bliss, who's not had that much involvement, kind of goes up and has a little bit more success. So I think with, with Heavy Machine, it would either work really well and be in title contention by the end of the year, or there'll be the new Ascension. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the only way I can see it with these, this team. It might be the new Festus and... Um, Jesse kind of thing that they were doing. I wouldn't quite say that. You know, I think they're a lot more talented than them, you know. Um... Well, Luke Gallows is now part of the tag uh, <laughs> team division of SmackDown. Yeah, in all fairness, but, you know, I think... Uh, <clears throat> as a tag team, though. As a tag team, yeah. You know, these two guys, I think they could definitely be a serious threat for a lot of tag teams. You know, especially, you know, going against the bar. Yeah. I'm well, not would, sure about facey tag teams. Would I you think. rather have them on Raw or SmackDown? I'd say SmackDown. I think they get a lot more opportunities on SmackDown. Well, yeah, a bit good. I've, I've, I've seen more on Raw, but then again, I always disagree with you no matter what, do I? So it doesn't really matter. If I would have said Raw, James, you would have yeah, said, said SmackDown. So it really doesn't matter. You know, it, that's happened over, over 200 episodes now. 
Well, you know, we've got the Dublin R200 coming next week, and it's not going to change in in the, in the meantime. As uh, Takanata's on the apron, Kyle O'Reilly distracting Dancing Referee, and the Messiah Backbreakers, Roderick Strong hit Takanata, went right on the apron, down to the ring. And now Takanata is just getting that leg worked over by Roderick Strong in the corner of the Undisputed Era. He's trying to get out. He's got the strength, but he's in the wrong part of town at this moment. And we've seen how good the Undisputed Era are, working the body part. You know, with Trent Seven Mustache Mountain, that's how they re-won the tag team titles. Yes, but Tucker Knight is uh, managing to fight out until he gets his leg grabbed by uh, Kyle O'Reilly and just whipped over the second rope. But he's still showing his power again. Two. And now O'Reilly now has got the kind of ankle lock working the leg, trying to bend it over. Well, Tucker Knight span over, Kyle O'Reilly adjusted his grip. And now palm strikes by Kyle O'Reilly. I love the way he moves in the ring as well. Just got such a like, kind of MMA feel to him. Turns around now, grabs the arm. It's kind of taking it wrestling to the next level. Like, that's the kind of style you want to see. I think it'd be good to see like Kyle O'Reilly versus like, Daniel Bryan or something like that. Well, because we mesh up well. Roderick Strong with a slam. Goes for the cover, but no nightmare to kick out. Uh-huh. And now Strong working on that leg of Tucker Knight. That Tucker's got nowhere to go. When he's putting pressure on the cruciate ligaments, and if you're a big man, it's hard to move around the ring when your knee is in that much pain. And now Tucker Knight is dragging him, but O'Reilly comes in, grabs Strong, and come on, ref. And this is another thing I don't like about Undisputed Era tag team matches, actually. The the Undisputed Era can get involved no matter how many times, but as soon as the faces get one, involved once, the referee will come in and just stop it completely. See, look. He just went for a swipe on the back of Roddy Strong and the ref was bang on him, I pointing know. at him like saying, don't even think about it. Didn't do anything with O'Reilly. Gives Tucker Knight a chance to close line Strong. Look for the tag of Adozovic. Here comes the big man. Aye, big man. And he runs straight through O'Reilly. Straight into Strong. Over O'Reilly again. Straight into Strong again. And he's Dozovic in the competition here. We might not have new NXT champions. Catches O'Reilly. Oh, belly to belly overhead. And it's now running into the corner. Both men. Splashing a pair of them. Roddy Strong falls to the mat. Uh-oh. Are we going to see it? It might be time. Are we going to see Dozovic's worm? <laughs> Bang. Straight into the elbow drop. Absolutely impressive. Oh, and we're rolling up low with a boot to the face. Runs the ropes. But Dozovic again catches him. Tags in night. I don't think that's a great idea. But maybe looking to put him away. Strong's in low. Taken out by Tucker Knight. Referee's got no control of this whatsoever. Slingshot. And the Hoss Toss. Going for... And Roderick Strong is in. Well, the referee didn't even fucking bat an eyelid at it. (laughs) Roderick Strong is out. Referee checking O'Reilly as Tucker Knight going up. What's he going to do from up there? Oh, my God. All the way up. Oh, moonsault. But Roderick Strong manages... Uh, but Carlo O'Reilly manages to roll out the way. Thanks for correcting me. And now he tags in Roderick Strong. Comes running in with a huge knee. No. Tucker moves. Tags in Dozovic. Oh, gets caught with a back elbow from Roddy Strong. Bounces off the ropes <laughs> and just shoves Strong across the ring. Shows the power of Dozovic. But Strong... Nice step up in Seguri. Catches him with a lariat. Turns strong inside out. One, two. Oh. 
Only a two count. Two. Well, we saw Tucker Knight going up. Are we going to see Dozovic taking that risk? Surely not. Don't call me Shirley, but he's decided to go up top. His facials as well. I think absolutely <laughs> brilliant. He's like, should I? No, he's not uh, sure. Takes out Kyle O'Reilly off the apron, but gets caught with a kick by Strong. Took too much time deciding whether to get up there. And this could be a ring breaker as Dozovic comes down. Oh, my God, and Strong. Trying with everything he's got to lift Dozovic up. And Kyle O'Reilly's got Strong in a powerbomb. Oh! <laughs> he took out his own part in a powerbomb superplex. One, two. Oh! But Dozovic manages to kick out. Oh! And Dozovic showing his toughness there. O'Reilly gets a tag in, though. Kicks Tucker Knight off the edge of the ring apron. So no one for Dozovic to, uh, to tag in. And now Dozovic fighting off both Strong. And O'Reilly, but knee to the face. Drops into a knee, kick to the back of the head. And a forearm and a knee to the face of Dozovic. One, One two. two. Oh. Oh. And again, Otis managing to stay in this match by kicking out. Oh. And a quick tags by Unsputed Era. Strong's back in. Again, takes out Tucker Knight. And now holding Dozovic in place. Boot to the face and a spinning kick. One, two, three. That is it. Undisputed Era win a tag team match basically clean. Impressed by that. Impressed by Heavy Machine match. But Dan, what did you think? I thought it was a very good match. And again, you know, a good reputable win for the Undisputed Era. I mean, you know, they completely deserve this victory. Yeah, I think without a doubt, you know. You know, obviously with a few little misdemeanors in the match. But there's nothing more you would expect from a Hill tag team. But, you know, coming out as clean as I think I've ever seen them. Get a victory. Yeah, very impressive there by the Undisputed Era. And I think Heavy Machinery gave it their all as well. So, oh, we see Adam Cole and Bobby Fish on the apron. The Undisputed Era tag team, NXT tag team champions. Will they dominate in 2019 like they have in 2018? That would be the question. But I think Heavy Machinery looked good. If they could fall out the main roster, they may have a chance. So I think it was good between uh, each team as well. Fatal yeah. error. Something has gone very pleased. Restart, yeah. Well, James, at least we can't get any worse than the <laughs> Undisputed Era. So, yes, we move on to our next episode. It's episode 485, and it's the 2nd of January, the very first episode of 2019. We have a Mean Gene scroll underneath the opening theme, which plays after the in-memorial graphic. Mauro Manalo, Nigel McGuinness, and Percy Jackson slash Watson part over the year, and tonight's only match, then kick it to the control room and Kathy Kelly. Kathy... Promises the year-end award nominee, saying many will come from our first highlight video of the TakeOver New Orleans North American title ladder match. After essentially showing half of that classic, we see Ricochet winning the belt from Adam Cole at Brooklyn 4. Yeah, Ricochet is one of the nominees for the Breakout Superstar 2018. He's joined by Dakota Kai, Lars Sullivan, Ray Ripley, War Raiders, Lacey Evans, EC3 and Bianca Belair. Is she the one with long hair? Yeah. A video package for Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gagano's unsanctioned match for New Orleans is shown, followed by highlights of Johnny's lone win over Ciampa this year. The Blackhearts win in Chicago is quickly recapped. Next are highlights from Andre Cien Almas versus Alistair Black for the NXT title at New Orleans. That flows into Ciampa's shot at Black's belt, which he won due to interference gone wrong by Gagano. From there, it's the summer's biggest mystery and highlights for Nikki Cross, star witness angle that led to Black's violent return to full sail. 
we get caught up on the issues between Cassius Ono and the King of Bros, and then it's nominees for Tag Team of the Year. Only Lorcan and Danny Birch, Street Profits, Heavy Machine Mountain, War Raiders, and Undisputed Era. Then it's two of the nominees in action with Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong versus the Brit AM Brawlers from Chicago too. Rivalry Year nominees Johnny Gagano versus Andre Cien Elmas. Ember Moon versus Shania Basler, Johnny Gagano versus Tommaso Chumper, Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era, Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream, Kari Sane versus Shania Basler, and Alistair Black, Johnny Gagano, Tommaso Chumper, and Nikki Cross. Future Star of the Year nominees Matt Riddle, Mia Yim, Keith Lee, Forgotten Sons, Candice LeRae, Marina Shafir, Jessamine Duke, Kona Reeves, Dominic Yakovic, and Io Shirai. Match of the Year nominees is where. The four, they inform us that all these are on WWE.com. Match of the Year nominees is where they inform us that it's all on WWE.com. You can also find the hashtags to use to vote on Twitter. Um. Senior contender to Shayna Baz's NXT Women's title, we're treated to Bianca Belair's pre-Brooklyn 4 win over Diona Perizzo. The video package for Alistair Black and Johnny Gagano's match from War Games 2 is shown, followed by highlights of Gagano being temporarily absolved of his sins. Then we see a steel cage rematch complete with dark DIY tees. Shania Schreiber's interview with Johnny Delusion. Our final nominees are Male Competitor of the Year, Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, Andrade Cien Almas, Velveteen Dream, Alistair Black, Ricochet, Johnny Gagano, and Tommaso Ciampa. Female competitor of the year, Nikki Cross, Ember Moon, Kari Sane, Shania Basler, and Bianca Belair. Overall competitor of the year, Tommaso Ciampa, Nikki Cross, Johnny Gagano, Ember Moon, Ricochet, Alistair Black, Kari Sane, Andrade Cien Almas, Velveteen Dream, Ember Moon, Pete Dunne, and Nikki Cross. And Adam Cole, baby! And all the winners of that will be on NXT's uh, pre-show for the TakeOver event. But of course, you'll be listening to us and we'll let you know what is going on there. So up next is the main event then for the third episode of NXT we're watching. It's the King of Bros. Matt Riddell might be my breakout star 2019 to go up against Cassius Ono. Now, Dan, Ono's been around for a while, but I've been a huge fan of his work as Chris Hero back in the day. Um, is there still a chance for him in NXT, or is he here just to kind of job to the stars now, you know? Well, I wouldn't call him a star, but I think he's here to be a jobber to this fucking stupid pot-smoking twat. Um, you know, he's here to kind of put the new talent out before they even get started, but, you know, everyone knows that eventually he's going to roll over to... This fucking well, Matt, pot. Matt Riddell <clears throat> might be in the NXT title picture before too long. And uh, he's a different kind of cat that we've seen from anything else, I think, in NXT. And I don't mind his style as well. I like the way he kicks and the submissions and the MMA training. The only thing I don't like about him is is, is not wearing boots. And I think that's going to come back to haunt him uh, every now Good, and I again. I hope he snaps an ankle. It's going to be something because like, Rusev found it out as well. And, and, you know, just sometimes you do need to have your boots on. You know, if you're going to force count anywhere as well, you're just going to be walking in all sorts of shit. Uh, it's lasted longer already than the NXT TakeOver match. I would challenge that cunt to a fucking anything goes match and I'd put fucking drawing <laughs> pins all over the fucking ring and see how he likes that. Well, Stupid fucking mushroom tattooed long head cunt. You might be wearing a Matt Riddell top at the end of this year, Dan. You know, that's, that's the good thing and about it. I might be shitting in your face. The king of bros is a bit too far, but still... We are looking forward, of course, to our huge weekend next weekend when we're live for the Royal Rumble and, of course, NXT TakeOver as well. We're catching up beforehand here 
as Cassius Ono took a chop but responded with a, a shot to the throat. They got a punch of a screw in that stupid joint smoking throat of his. And now Cassius Ono picking him up. Turning him inside out. Go KO! And a very impressive suplex there by Cassius. And he says he's knockout artist. He's not going to be here to just be passed over by the new guys in NXT. Oh my god, a huge forearm to the face. God, not that fucking look off his twatty face. And now beating him down and Riddell getting beaten out in the corner. Well, Riddell gets his leg worked on by Cassius Ono, who's slowing things down. And he's going to have the veteran experience, you know, Cassius Ono nearly working for 20 He's got the height and power advantage as well, you would guess. Snapmare takedown. And Matt Riddell can't even fucking do that properly. I know, Matt Riddell's all right. I mean, he... He's been wrestling in the past, you know, maybe three, four years now, and I, I think it's that. I think you're just being a bit negative just because he's bro and everything like this. I think give him a chance. I wouldn't mind him seeing the game against Brock Lesnar. James, I was negative against Enzo Amore, and look where that ended up. But you're negative about Adam Cole, and he's one of the best in it. So you That's know, your opinion. I just imagine the opinions Matt, are like ourselves. We could see one. an Adam Cole versus Matt Riddell match for the NXT Championship this year, Dan. How, and James, who I'll would you che- back in I'll that be match? Checking my Twitter. And who would you that. back in that match? No one will win. No, no. Who would you win? You had no to pick one. a winner. You no had to. Will. You had to. Double DQ. No, you had melts. to pick a winner. No disqualification. Anything goes. Has to be a winner. You have to pick one. My head would explode. No, in, you had to pick one. You, you have to pick one. I'm not at that p- point in my time yet. So well, I when we fight, Dan, Dan is pussying out of it, like like he's you know like he always does, not answering a direct question because he knows that Adam Cole. We'll James, if there are no points on the line for it, I don't need to answer. All right, you do do that. You give me a flat answer. Matt Riddell at the moment is being dominated by Cassius Sono, much like Dan will be dominated in the predictions throughout the rest of 2019. It's as simple as that. Riddell, <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh no, going to clothesline. Riddell, no. Oh my God. Devlift, German suplex. Goes for the cover, but Ono managing to kick out. Oh. And these might be even more vicious than Daniel Bryan's as they've taken away Cassius Ono. That's and, it, see? Yeah, go on, rip his fucking toe off. And he did, he grabbed Feed the toe him. and a knee to the face. Oh! Bang, big fucking boot to the face. One, two, oh! oh. And Riddell managing to kick out. Uh, just. <laughs> Riddle's still in this. And I knew the boot would come back to haunt him. And what's Cassius going to do now to put away Matt Riddle? What a great match this has been. Shh, taking a shot at Riddle, but he's fighting back. Taking down again, though. With stronger, harder strikes. Well, Matt Riddle's got a lot of heart now, fighting back with chops to the chest. Slap across the face and that kick. And Riddle now screams back. Oh, no, with a boot to the face. Sent on splash. Have like a sent on splash. Mauro Ronaldo calling an Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle match. 90 minute Iron Man match. No, yeah, a 24 hour day match. And Ono again going to go for the sent on, but oh, Matt Riddle's caught him and he's trying to get him in the bro mission. Can he get it in? The bro mission's in, Dan. Ono's got no chance. Striking away. Has to tap. Matt Riddle wins. My words, future WWE channel picks up a victory there, defeats Cassius Ono. You have to be impressed. You have to be an idiot not to be impressed by Matt Riddle and everything he brings. Kind of great style to him. A great match with Cassius Ono. Dan, what do you think? I would rather be classed as an idiot to not be impressed by that 
joint smoking, fucking mushroom tattoo having, anklet wearing, pig nosed cunt called Matt Riddle. And Riddle celebrating here with the fans. And Ono knows the better man won, I think, in this one. And Riddle there maybe offering a little bit of respect to Cassius Ono. And that's nice. We're going to see a fist bump. Oh, and it's Cassius Ono now. <clears throat> going to show a little bit of respect. And KO's been there and done that. Oh, come on, KO. You're not worthy of Cassius Ono's respect. No, well, no I think you realise what he's done wrong. And Riddle celebrating, but the better man won here tonight. Matt Riddle, he's copying Drew McIntyre this time, by the way. And this is what we like to see. You love to see this. A bit of respect, and Ono's going to offer Matt Riddle the respect. The better man won here tonight. Bro, no, bro, no. And Ono getting on his knees to show respect to Matt Riddle. Fucking hell. Bowing down to the king of bros. Come on, Dan. I know you're going to love it. Bit of respect there. Fist bump. Bro, there we go. No. Oh, yes. no. Catches it. Yes. Oh. Break his fucking shoulder. Oh, come on. No. Don't stop there. Don't stop there, Cassius. No, no. This is Carry not on. right. Go this on. is not right. Use him still steps behind you. Get a steel chair. No, no, no. Not the ring post. Pow! Oh. Riddle assaulted here. Bump that fist. Oh my god, that's not right. That is yes. disgusting. All is right in the world. A sign of Cassius Ono is my new hero. <laughs> oh yes, it's true. It's damn true. Oh no, not the stairs. Yes! <laughs> Get a steel chair. Oh no. Get a steel chair. Oh, this is horrible. Steel chair to the face. <laughs> steel chair to the face. <laughs> Unprotected chair shot to Get the still head. chair. Hit him in the face. Hit him to the face. Hit him in the Have face. a look under the ring. There's going to be some kendo sticks or some <laughs> shit under there. Still chair. Hit him in the face. Get a ladder out. Jump off the top and just... Oh, this is... Him. Oh, no. He's not finished yet. Oh, no. He isn't. Oh, not the stairs again. One more time. <laughs> One more time. One more time. One more time. This is sick. Cassius Ono knows he can get the job done. So he decides to assault Matt Riddle instead. Let's go, Cassius. Well, James, my superstar of the year for 2019. You heard it here first. Cassius freaking Ono. Well, he wants Riddle to look in his eyes as he delivers the knockout blow. Um, Cassius Ono is not done with Matt Riddle, but once Matt Riddle wakes up, there'll be hell to pay for Ono. Dan. Chris is my new hero. What do you think of that? Absolutely fucking beautiful. I loved every millisecond of it. I'm going to go home and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch it. And look, he's giving him the fist bump that that little melt wanted. <laughs> go on. There wow. you go. There's your fist bump. Now you can go crying home to your mummy. <laughs> go on. Cassius Ono, future WWE heavyweight champion. Just for that performance alone. Well, statement sent by Matt Riddell. Message received. What a beating for the man that tapped out to the bro mission. But what will be the payback from this? Let's watch the next episode of NXT right now. So we continue NXT update January 9th, episode 486. Evidence, resistance, apathy, perdition. 
and Mauro Ronaldo welcomes us to 2019 and Percy Watson slash Jackson and Nigel McGuinness hype up the double main event. Well, Johnny Gagano is here and he wishes us a happy new year. It's no secret 2019 was a roller coaster for him, but he's had a chance to reflect over the holidays. He realised success in NXT is measured by two things, wins and championships. It doesn't matter how good a person you are without those things. So in 2019, he'll be better. He'll win and he'll become a champion. He starts to address Tomasu Champa and the DIY chant break out. I mean to get confused by the moment in the cage that meant nothing. So the NXT champ and the fans shouldn't get confused. Gagana still thinks Champa is a piece of trash. As soon as Tomasu... But there is another title out there. And as soon as Tomasu mentioned the North American belt, Ricochet fired at Rick's tweet about if you want the smoke, I'm right here. And Gagana says if he wants the belt, he'll come get it. Well, that brings out the one and only in a suit with his strap over his shoulder. Ricochet says if he wanted a shot at a title, all he had to do is ask. But he said he was going to take it. So the champ wants to know if Gagano will take it from him face to face or if he'll attack him from behind or if he'll attack him behind his back in a parking lot. Johnny likes to call himself Johnny Takeover, but come Phoenix, Ricochet will be the only one leaving with a belt. Well, here comes Tommy Sports Entertainment. He starts to talk about wins and championships. But Gagano shuts him down and tells him to leave. That's Alistair Black's music. The Dutch destroyers on the big screen telling Champa not to worry about grooming his little dog of War Johnny because he poses a real threat. At takeover, he'll make him fade to black and the lights go out and Champa's standing there. And where's Alistair Black? Well, Black appears behind <laughs> Champa. Oh my God, he's attacking the NXT champion. And Ali beating Chumpa going at it now. Well, Chumpa trying to fight back, but he gets a big boot. And now Chumpa's trying to scarper, climbs over the announce table, <laughs> only to be caught by Alistair Black. Oh, my God. Chumpa's trying to get away, and Black's got him now. And he's going to look to suplex him. Well, now Chumpa fights out of it and scarpers, but Alistair Black is hot on his heels. Oh, my God. And Black is hungry for Chumpa and his title. Well, back in ring, Gagano. Ricochet! Oh, and Gagano just super kicks Ricochet. <laughs> he took him out. And now he's standing over the North American champion or squatting down. Well, Johnny Gagano said he's going to be different. He wants a championship. Is that a signal with intent for the North American title? So in one little promo piece of about 10, 15 minutes long, two major storylines. Major storylines. And rivals for NXT TakeOver has kind of taken place. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm glad to say, you know, it's unarguably the top four guys in NXT at the moment, and they're all involved in one hell of an amazing opening segment, and it does set up things for the future, and that is the way that NXT do things. I know, and it, and it's just brilliant, and I love it, you know. It's like everything we watch is great, but NXT just kind of take it to the next level. Every bit of uh, the show is enjoyable, you know. Well, Nigel reminds us that Belair has a title shot coming in a few weeks and that Cross is headed to the main roster. We also learn via a tweet from General Manager William Regal that he's booked Undisputed Era versus War Raiders for Phoenix. Oh my God, so another big match at Phoenix coming up. But right now it's Nikki Cross versus Bianca Belair with the long hair. And Cross will not back down. It's been a pleasure to watch Nikki Cross on NXT for as long as we have. I mean, her last women's standard match against Oscar... Uh, on the NXT is one of these matches I will never ever forget 
you know, it's going to be a shame missing Nicky Cross, isn't it? You know, it is. It is going to be a shame, yeah. Um, but you know, I think they've kept her down for a good reason to try and give the women's roster some legitimacy because you know, no disrespect to the other fighters, but I don't think any of them stand up to what Nicky Cross and the likes of Oscar others that have yeah. gone out recently as well, Ember Moon. I mean, they've had some great matches. And, you know, I still don't think these women are up to that grade. Well, no, I think it is. And it looks more developmental than it has in the recent years, just because, like you said, the sheer amount of talent. And again, another one, Nikki Cross, is going up. Will Bianca Belair be able to, you know, fill her boots? I, I feel with Kari Sane and maybe Yoshai, they possibly can. But again, Bazda's not kind of really helping things out at the moment. And, you know, Belair versus... Um, Basler at takeover doesn't kind of like I say fill me with excitement, but Nikki Cross starts with a, a cross body and looks to take advantage. But the hair being whipped and and Jess Cart, I love her as a referee, but shouldn't she, you know, make a point of saying, can you really use that as a weapon? Well, it is part of her body, and you know, you say that in wrestling you can use any part of your body, and and uh, yeah, so I suppose it is legal. In some respects, yeah. Well, apart from Alex Wright, otherwise it would have been a deadly weapon, wouldn't it? We all know that. Well, indeed, yes. And uh, Joey Ryan hasn't got anything on the capabilities <laughs> no. that Alex Wright could have done. No. Bianca Blair sent to the corner by Cross, who won't back down. He's doing a caught by a big forearm off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blair <laughs> on the apron. Like Blair on the apron gets cut down by Nikki Cross. And look how happy Nikki Cross is. I just love her energy and everything about her. As she traps Bianca Belair in the apron and just starts wading away on her. <laughs> and you can tell that Nikki Cross absolutely loves the business and loves doing what she does. Yeah, and even if it's a character that might not have worked, she's made it work for me because, you know, she just gave it a rule. And I think this is sometimes a character... Yes, yeah, sometimes a character could be awful. You know, you could be called... Uh, loads of or terrible characters. But if you don't give 100%, then you'll never know if you can make it work or not. You know, Dusty Rose made polka dots work back in the pub. It was a joke. And, and, you know, well, Goldust go made that character work as well. Exactly, by bringing his yeah. own personality to it, just being eccentric and out there. And, you know, just crossing the limitations. Well, exactly, and this is what Nicky Cross brings. But Bianca Belair is bringing power and a gorilla press slam. Standing moonsault. Monkey flip. <laughs> And a huge power move there, taking down Nicky, goes to the cover, but Cross gets shoulder up at two. Two. You see, and again, you know, she goes on undefeated. And I am just really not impressed by Bianca Belair. No. And I think, you know, from the May Young Classic is where she started. Uh, there was a lot better talent out there which could have got signed and could have got utilised a lot better. But apparently WWE officials are quite high on Bianca Belair and that's why she's getting... The kind of the opportunity, so it's not really a surprise at the moment. And look at Bianca Belair now, though. Well, James, she has got the uh, the Wilbur Schneider <laughs> abdominal stretch on there. Yes, which is great to see here. The Schneider stretch. Schneider stretch. That's <laughs> we should rename it that. <laughs> yeah. From here, it shall be therefore henceforth known by the power vested in me as a minister. From any state in the United States of America. Yeah, you're ordained now, we should say. I am yeah. ordained, yes. And um already performed a wedding ceremony on James and his right hand. Hello, everybody. Right hand, we'll talk later. Uh yeah, I mean, it's been it's been great. And yeah, I've already married it? myself to Alexa Bliss as well. Yeah. She doesn't know it yet and no. she hasn't signed the papers. <laughs> no, she was unconscious um, at the time. <laughs> but you flew out there, it was nice. And now Belair's got Nikki Cross in a lot of trouble. 
But Nicky Cross as well, you know, I will never forget that. I know who did it. Uh, that was one of my favourite storylines of last year as well. And Nicky Cross made it again. The storyline yeah. worked when it could have been stupid, you know. Indeed, yes. And, uh, you know, it's not just that. It's everything she delivers in ring as well. You know, she portrays a nutter, but she acts like it in a ring. I mean, you know, when she got choked out, she got choked out with a smile on her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just little things like that. That last woman standing match against Oscar is probably one of the best matches I've actually seen on NXT programming. And, you know, Oscar and Nikki both delivered in that. And it was just absolutely impressive. I completely agree. And now Bianca Blair's got Nikki Cross up. Shoulder up there for the suplex. But Cross comes bringing it down with DDT. And a huge forearm to follow it up. And the fact that, look, half of the fucking Bianca Belair match, look, she's grabbing hold of her hair all the yeah, time. I know, it's too long. Both women up to the feet, trading shots, but now Nikki Cross with her again. Another Nikki Cross body. And Nikki screaming to psych herself up. Belair in the corner comes charging towards her. Oh, my God. And a huge impact there. From the splash. Comes down in a bulldog as well. Oh, she's feeling it now. And another thing about Nikki Cross, we actually both like her, which is weird for a wrestler. It as well. is, yeah. <laughs> now, Cross now, reverse DDT. Plants Bianca Belair. One, two. Oh, oh but Belair managing to kick out. Uh-huh. But Nikki Cross can taste it. Belair with a close on. Nikki Cross ducks it. Belair pushes off Cross. And then with a, a spear. Two. Oh, but you ain't going to keep Nikki down that easily. Well, Nikki Cross still in this after getting the kick out. Ah. Now Bianca Blair looking to put Cross away. Splash. Oh, no, but Nikki got her knees up. And now Nikki Cross got Blair. The swinging fisherman neckbreaker, but Bianca Blair rolling out of the ring. Well, couldn't go for it. And Blair managing to land outside onto the cold hard steel, though. And Chris gonna, Cross is going to follow up. And now Cross jumping on Bianca Belair's back. And Belair now, what's she going to do? Oh, goes back. And all the Ooh. weight down on Belair. Onto that metal. And that is pure metal, that entranceway. That is indeed, yes. Just planting Nikki. And the back of her head must be in agony. And these two women have met before. Both been counted out. Looks like it's going to happen again. Ref Jessica up to eight now. Nine, but oh, oh, both women just getting in before the count of ten. Ten. Oh, now Nikki Cross trying to get into this match. Oh, I say trying to get into this match. She's been in this match, but she's trying to finish it off now. Both women slow to get to their feet. Well, now we're trading here. And both women just wailing away at the <laughs> midsection. And Belair's shown she can bring it. And the woman that Basler struggled with, Nikki Cross... Can Bianca Blair show she could do better? Uh-oh. Comes charging in to try and spear Cross, but Cross moves out of the way. Bianca Blair hits the ring post. Nikki with the roll-up, but only getting a Ooh, two count. Two. And that was an eyelash away for getting the job done for Nikki Cross. It was a cunt hair away. Uh, Nikki Cross comes running in. Bianca Blair pop-up forearm. Knocks Nikki down. Both women out now. I honestly don't get what the hype is over Bianca Blair. I'm sorry, but I see nothing overly talented about her. She hasn't got any defining characteristics apart from her long hair. Yeah, and it being the EST apparently, but Cuz running in, unsuccessful earlier, successful this time now. 
Just working the midsection, I guess, Nicky Cross. Yeah, ramming Nicky in the corner. And then just a slap. Placing Nicky on the top turnbuckle. Oh, oh now Bianca looking for a suplex, but Nicky blocking it. Well, Nicky's trying her best to fight out of it. Pushing Bianca Belair off. Now here comes Nicky off the top. Flying cross body, but Belair ducks. And now Bianca Belair picking up Nicky Cross. Torture rack to a sit out plant. Two, three. Oh my god, and the one, two, three for me, EST. Bianca Belair pins Nicky Cross clean as you like. You were saying you've not been impressed with her, but she picks up a huge victory. And she's going to have to bring it against Basler, but I mean, again, I'm still not 100% sure what they are doing with Belair and what she's about. It, she's definitely a heel, I guess. The crowd seem to be happy with her, or she's saying there's no competition. I just don't know. Dan, what are your thoughts? Again, you know, the only enjoyable highlights of this was when Nikki was in offence. You know, um, I like to see women that bring something new. When we saw Oscar, when we saw Bailey, you know, when we even Charlotte Flair bring something different to the equation. Yeah. Um, you know, none of these bring any differences. You know, Sasha Banks, good talent in her right. Even Io Shirai. Tony Storm, you know, even Ray Ripley as well. But Bianca Belair, I don't know, she just seems like someone that would very, very easily get lost in the shuffle. You know, I in the same category as Naomi, just giving her a title run just for the sake of a couple of months. Carmella, I mean, you know, not really doing too much with her. Um, you know, and Dana, Dana, Brooke, Dana Brooke and that as well. Yeah, you know, I know, yeah, yeah. Not someone that would... Overly sell out there. She's just there to make up numbers. Yeah. Well, Street Profits are hanging out outside, beatboxing and rapping. They talked about how they evolved in 2018. Get it? But still ran in a lot of locked doors where they demonstrate by trying to open doors in the office complex they're in. They find an open one and they talk about how in 2019 that's what they'll be doing. Opening doors and dealing with teams like War Raiders, Humberto and Raul and the Undisputed Era. They tell us to join them for season three of Street Talk. Well, we get the European Union, Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner, and they defeated Hector Kunzman and Stanley Watts via pinfall with a powerbomb into breaching German combo on Watts. Well, Barthel does some technical wrestling and gets a few takeovers to get a tag to Watts. The German quickly turns the tides on the smaller Watts, chopping him to the mat and tagging in Eichner. He catches his opponent for a pop-up power slam, but Watts rolls through and gets a tag. The enhancement team gets in a little offence, but Kuntzman gets caught with a powerbomb, Bennett will kick combo, kick out, uh. as the jobbers get some more time. Well, Watts even gets a hot tag and cleans house. After that, the Italian knocks Kunzman off the apron so they can end things. Well, Kathy Kelly is outside with an update. She tells us that Garland and Chump have been removed from the building. Then she sees Ricochet. Um. Kelly catches up to him for a comment, and he says that Johnny superkicked all the respect. He doesn't care if Regal makes the match or not. He's going to take Gagano out. <clears throat> we see a recap of last week's lone match and Cassius Ono's beatdown of Matt Riddle. Sarah Schreiber is backstage talking to Ono's friend, Keith Lee. He says he travelled the world with Riddle and what Cassius did was unsettling. He invites KO to the ring next week where he'll teach him a lesson in respect and give him no choice but to bask in his glory. So we'll see that next week. But right now, it's our main event. It's Adam Coley on Sputed Era going against the one and only... 100... No, that is Ricochet. Oh, sorry. 
the one percenter. Yeah. The one percenter and he is E C free. And he was in NXT, he's going up to the main roster. I'll be the first one to admit the EC three experiment did not NXT. Uh he's obviously it didn't didn't fit very well. But I'm hoping on the main roster he does quite well uh, going forward. Because I think he's got the personality and look that can work better in, in the main roster, WWE and SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown, than it can in NXT. Uh, what have you thought of EC3 in NXT? Uh, you know I was a big fan. You know I was building him up a lot. It didn't really work. I'll, no. Like I said, I'll admit that. But what are your thoughts? No, um, I completely agree. I don't think he's worked here. He can, If he comes up as a cocky heel... Then, you know, I think that could work doing basically the opposite to what Bobby Roode's done. He was down in NXT, a cocky hill, and that worked for him. He's come up facey as you like, and it's kind of fallen flat. Whereas I hope EC3 can do the opposite thing. And, you know, if hopefully by my predictions, he gets a match against John Cena at WrestleMania, I think that will elevate him. Yeah, without a shadow of that. Any, you know, any match like in that calibre. I think it'd help out, and I think he'd be able to work better in in the kind of state that is Raw SmackDown. I think he's better on the mic than he is in ring, and I think that's going to help him out. And he's going to have to go against four men here tonight. And Mr. Eagle, I love you to bits. Again, you've got to sort this out. You can't allow the Undisputed Era coming out here. You've got the tag team champions of Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, and of course, Bobby Fish is back. Well, we've seen, you know, from uh, NXT live events that. EC3 has been kind of working with the Raw Raiders. He's had their face paint on and, you know, and been going out doing things with them. Why don't they join him to ringside? Exactly. You know, because yeah. we all know that during this match, as soon as EC3 gets an upper hand, the, the other members of um, Undeserving Era are going to jump onto the apron, distract EC3, Adam Cole gets a kick in, upper hand, and then as soon as the tables turn back, to EC3, they're up on the apron again. Yeah. It is the same old predictable shit from them, and it is remnants of what NWO was like, yeah. and that is what we've highlighted constantly, the most annoying point about what NWO is. Yeah, I know it's a stable, but, you know, if we see what happens over on NXT UK with the Coffee Brothers and Wolfgang, they've kind of managed to build Joe Coffey legitimate cha- challenger because he was doing things without his buddies in his corner and doing them off his own back. Yeah. And, and also, I wouldn't mind if it was just like the only storyline next to have that. But the women's division now has got exactly the same with Bowser and Foles as well. And I don't want to see you know, the same thing happening twice. Uh, and it's just, you kind of, you know, the, the two things that kind of haven't changed in NXT recently. You had the Gagana Chumper. And now, you know, Black and Ricochet have kind of been involved in that. And the Undisputed Era is the other thing. And obviously, you know, they kind of been this. And it's Adam Cole feud and VC3. It, you know, I can understand why it's not for the North American Championship. But again, you know, maybe NXT needs to do something else to to make these guys, you know, have not another championship, but a number one contendership match or something that makes sense for while they're actually feuding. I know that. Uh, EC3 finals with Bobby Fish, not with Adam Cole because of his attack and everything that he'd done with him as well. So again, doesn't make sense in that way, even though I guess it's someone that Adam Cole can maybe get a victory of. Uh, yeah, I know you hate him, but you know, they're not using him as, uh, in, in a great way, have they really? You know, think about this time last year, he was losing to Alistair Black. So he's kind of always been a losing end of feuds. So he was losing end at uh, war games as well. Oh yeah, you know, for someone who is... 
he is popular with the fans. You know, you can't take that away from him. I, I, I can't say I agree with the fact that the fans are writing him being popular, but, you know, the only thing in that Adam Cole can do is get the fans involved when he says Adam Cole, baby. That yeah. is it. I haven't seen anything, again, standout-ish from him. You know, in my opinion, the standout person from Undisputed Era is Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. Well, and I... that's not just because of his breathtaking looks, but I mean just the way that he acts in the ring. You know, just his his persona. He has actually got a personality. Yeah, but I think the best thing about that is it's a tag team. I think Roderick Strong has been very reliable as well. But as a, like you said, as a breakout star, it's, it's for me, it's O'Reilly as well. Uh, and I think the tag team's work well. But I think with Adam Cole at the moment, I, I don't know what they're going to do, if they're going to build him up in, in 2019. But it'll be interesting to see. It's been quite an even match so far. But again, Undisputed Era causing a distraction for EC3, allowing Adam Cole to be uh, send Ethan Cutler-Ford into the still stairs. Yes, but, you know, um, Cole's promise at the end of last year was that all of Undeserving Era are going to hold titles next year. But yeah, he's going after someone, and no disrespect from EC3, he hasn't even held a title in NXT, let alone holding one currently. So what's the point in him, you know, going after someone, if his goal, and he's made it clear that he wants gold, why is he not going for it? He wants his North American Championship back, but, you know, he couldn't be further away from the picture if he was fucking... You know, standing outside in the parking lot. Yeah, and another thing as well, the tag team division isn't as strong as it's been. So the Undisputed Era haven't got any kind of opponents to go against. you imagine a couple of years ago when even American Alpha was involved? You know what I mean? And the Revival and teams like that. DIY. DIY, Authors of Pain. You know, they, they've lost all these. And even the teams that you thought would stick around, like Heavy Machinery, have gone off now. So you're kind of making these... The Marcel, Barthel and Eichner, you're making a tag team there. Even though we love uh, their tag team of the year, Birch and Lorkin, they kind of had to make them a tag team as well. Yeah. I, I hope to see them involved. And if they're going to go with them, go with them. You know what I mean? Give them a go. See if they can become over. Again, Mustache Mountain, you know, traded the titles back and forth with Unsputed Era. Yeah, again, you know, it is. it has kind of hampered the division because, you know, the only divisions that... The only divisions that NXT have got going for them is uh, singles males championships. Yeah. You know, and that is, again, no disrespect to NXT, but that's only being contested over around four men. With four or five, Velveteen Dream you can chuck in there, you know yeah. what I mean? So but Velveteen Dream, you know, I know he's, there's rumours that he's going up, but he's not even got a match at TakeOver. No, he's not involved. It's weird to see what they're doing with him. As Adam Cole look at this suplex EC3 to the outside... But EC3 holding on so far. But EC3 doesn't work as a face, even when he's been beaten down like this, because he's Mate. bigger than Adam Cole anyway. It'd make more sense the other around. Indeed, yeah. <clears throat> but he does manage to suplex Adam Cole back in. And it's the other thing, because Adam Cole is popular, like I say, the fan reaction will be maybe split more towards Adam Cole, whereas you need a proper strong face, a Ricochet or an Alistair Black, to be like, yeah, this motherfucker's getting booed. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. <clears throat> and now EC3 fighting back Irish Rip from Adam Cole and as annoying as it would be make a lot more sense for Adam Cole to be feuding with Matt Riddle yeah without a doubt yeah, that's the, exactly how annoying would that be for you but exactly. I know it would be annoying but in a booking standpoint it would make complete sense but you could even have him like oh do you want to join the Unsputed Era and then 
maybe Bobby Fischer or Riley being like, well, why do you want them to join? Do you want to replace us? And then you can build that storyline into it as well. And eventually you just have no Adam Cole versus him, but you've built dissension between the ranks for later yeah. on as well. You know, it's like you said, it's little things. They've been together now in NXT for over a year, you know, nearly two years. But again, you know, when they go up, I don't think they're going to have the impact that the Wyatt family, the Shield... No, I can't do that either now. You know, even Sanity. I know Sanity have kind of been lost in the shuffle, but when, fingers crossed, they're eventually used, they will be big. Yeah. And I think, you know, they're going to completely dominate. I think the Bludgeon Brothers should go back with Bray Wyatt. Well, I don't know. I mean, it all depends. I mean, it'd be cool to see a reunion of the Wyatt family if that's what they do. But they've got to sort Bray Wyatt out first, you know what I mean? They build them as a, a thing. The Bludgeon Brothers as their own works well. It depends what they want to do with, with Bray as well. Maybe introduce like Sister Abigail finally or move away from that gimmick, you know, yeah. for once and for all. But when, you know, Bray Wyatt was at his strongest was when he had the Wyatt family yeah, there. Right down, right down, and they had it? a few good storylines like, you know, the Daniel Bryan kind of angle joining them, you know, and silly little things like that, which I think they worked. They kept the Wyatts relevant and... You know, even in defeat after what happened with Daniel Bryan, you know, stripping off the boiler suit and these Daniel Bryan underneath, it worked. Yeah, and this is all about, it's about story, and we'll see what happens with the Undisputed Era. At the moment, Adam Cole got back in control by hanging easy free up on that top rope. He's been working on a couple of big moves to free to get up. Oh, duck the last shot. German suplex release, turns Cole inside out with a clothesline, goes for a cover. To, oh... And Adam Cole somehow managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Now a little bit frustrated. As the undisputed here, look on at ringside. See, now perfect. In an ideal world, the undeserving era would be jumping up on the apron. Because EC3, well, he was in control just oh a second ago. Well, EC3 goes for the suplex, but Adam Cole turns it round, slams EC3 down. Now suplex into the net breaker. Goes for the cover, but again, EC3 managing to kick out. Uh-huh. But it's been mostly Adam Cole now. Looking for the armbar. The cross armbreaker, even. <clears throat> well, we know what's going to happen. He's going to get it locked in. EC3 is going to power him up. Set out powerbomb to break it out. There we go. EC3 turns it round. Powers him up. Powerbomb. And a big power move there. And now Bobby Fish up in the apron. War Raiders in. come down. Strong gets in, gets knocked down. So does Kyle Wright. Adam Cole with a super kick as EC3 was distracted. Last it's the last shot. shot. Right to the back of the head. Undisputed era still. Yet another one. My God. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Predictable. You know exactly what was going to happen. You know exactly what was going to go down. These shenanigans are getting old and boring. You know, it makes Adam Cole look really fucking weak and it goes to further enhance my point that there is nothing good about him. Well, EC3 is done in NXT and he did went out with a whimper, not a bang. More distractions and chaos for the Undisputed Era. And uh, Adam Cole wins. And uh, what's next for Adam Cole? What's next for the Undisputed Era? We wonder. And now they're beating down EC3. They continue to beat down of EC3 even after they've won the match. What is the point? And again, it it just makes the whole group as a whole look weak. I mean, they've won a match. Oh, wait a minute. The War Raiders are back. 
And here they come, Hanson and Rowe. But it's still four on two. But that won't back off Hanson. No, they're doing their best to fight off the undeserving era. Imagine to push Fish away, going after Adam Cole. But again, numbers two. And now Hanson's in there and it's Strong and O'Reilly. <laughs> oh, looking for their leg sweep kick to the face. Well, Hanson's got both men round the throat. Throws away Roderick Strong. <laughs> Spinning hill kick to O'Reilly. Oh, my word. And now Roderick Strong booted to the face. Knocks out Adam Cole with a forearm. And now Fish is caught by Hanson. Rose got strong. Stacking him up. (laughs) Powerbomb and slam to Fish and Strong. And the War Raiders bringing it now. Rose got O'Reilly. Hanson up. Bang. (laughs) Leg drop and slam to O'Reilly. And the War Raiders are standing strong and tall. And what's next for the NXT Tag Team Champions? The Unspeed here, well, I think they've just arrived in the Formula War Raiders. Hanson and Rowe looking as hot as ever. And the Unspeed here will have to regroup there. Well, that is the major change. Now, that is a massive change now in the NXT Tag Team division. Are you happy to see the War Raiders? I am happy to see the War Raiders. Yeah, I think they come a little bit too late in the match, though. It's... You know, with Nikki Cross, he's moving up to the main roster and she went out on a loss. EC3 is moving up to the main roster. He's going to go out with a loss. You know, it would have been good to see something positive come of someone going up. Yeah, yeah, but I suppose it's always kind of way when someone has to leave. But EC3 leaves and the War Raiders do return and they've got their sights set on the Undisputed Era. As we move on to our last episode of NXT, and of course we're bringing one episode of NXT on our live pre-show on Saturday. But it's episode 487 and it's January 16th. Well, Mauro Ronaldo welcomes us to the full sale and Percy Watson slash Jackson talks up Johnny Gagano's appearance later. Nigel McGuinness doesn't chime in until the evolved tag champs enter and Ronaldo does mention that. Well, Street Profits defeat the Metro Brothers, Chris and JC via pinfall, forward on JC after a fog splash. Well, Mini Juice and Domino, <coughs> Mini Juice and Domino get a full entrance after Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, Ford and Chris start, and Montez doesn't appreciate the disrespect he gets from Metro and tags in Dawkins for some tandem offense, and they actually hype each other up while JC is tagged in. Angelo actually knocks his part in. This is a full comedy match if you didn't know already. After a scoop slam, he tags in Montez back in, and that's it. Well, the Prophets celebrating the stands, but when they come back down to ringside, the Forgotten Sons attack. Ford manages to fight them off for the ring for a moment, but Jackson Riker leaves him, and Wexley Blake and Steve Cutler pick him up to ask if he's going to forget them now. Then pose in the ring. Dawkins crawls in the ring and gets taken down by the Sons too. Kathy Kelly's backstage talking to Matt Lee gets ready. He says he can't corner his bro tonight because he's not cleared yet, but he wishes he could be there to see Key, to see Lee show Cassius Ono why he's limitless. He just hoped Keith leaves some for him. Alistair Black is on a foggy soundstage asking Tommaso Ciampa if he can feel it. Take over Phoenix is upon them. He plans to resolve Ciampa of his sins and take back his NXT title. 
But since they'll be at full sail next week, he doesn't want to wait. Why not early? Bianca Belair enters in street clothes as we're reminded about her title shot. And she gets a microphone. Last week, she sent Nikki Cross packing. People are trying to slow her rise, but 2019 is her year. And she has 2020 vision on the NXT women's title. She sees Shayna Baszler with a little horsewoman galloping around behind her. But she's going to show them why she's still undefeated. Well, Baszler enters with Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir in tow. Shayna says she doesn't see it. They know about the records. Bianca set the performance centre. But she's obviously not very smart. If she was, she'd know it doesn't matter how strong you are. Your arms are. They'll just break the same. Belair responds that only she's going to do with her arm is raise the title above her head. Shani says the EST is just like everyone in NXT, afraid to face her. She's afraid she's going to get her arm broke and that the Queen of Spades is going to change her from undefeated to overrated. And I can actually agree on one thing. They draw at one another off the mic, then Bianca slaps Shayna and voids Duke and Shafir to slip out of the ring. Basler poses with her title and her sidekicks rather than give chase. Well, Dominic Djokovic defeated Adrian Giroud via pinfall following Feast Your Eyes. The Brazilian BJJ tries for a quick takedown but can't get the bigger man down, who eventually picks him up and slams him down from a waist lock. He works into a side control out of a fireman's carry when Djokovic, Djokovic gets to his feet. Dominic eventually gets free with a clubbing blow to the back in the corner and takes control. He throws Jaoud across the ring with a release suplex, survives a flurry of strikes and puts his opponent down with a stiff lariat. Adrian manages to grab a leg for a knee bar, but Djakovic gets to the ropes. The Brazilian runs into a big boot and hits his finisher. We're reminded about takeover's tag title match, a fully produced promo when they're, a, when they're in a field with some big torches. They respect Undisputed Era, they have run NXT, but they come here before every big battle. In Phoenix, Kyle and Riley and Roger Strong era ends, and now it's Undisputed. They light a pie with the UE chairs from War Games on it, and walk off into the darkness. We get highlights from last Saturday's NXT UK takeover, Blackpool. And Johnny Gagano defeats Humberto Carrillo via pinfall after a springboard. Well, Carrillo's having a good start, isn't he? Losing to fucking Twatty and now Johnny. Well, both men show off in the early going, but after Johnny is proud of his wrist lock technique, it's all Carrillo for a stretch. Gagano eventually stops that with a springboard spear. Abdominal stretch that was made famous by Wilbur Schneider in 1930 that Humberto gets out of and gets back in control when he gets his boot up on a corner charge. A corkscrew over the top is followed by a standing moonsault for two. Two. He goes for something off the top, but Johnny gets his feet up and starts to inflict punishment. After dropping Carrillo face first onto the middle turnbuckle, he ends it. Well, while his music plays, Gagano dressed Ricochet via the camera. If he wants his respect, the North American champ should show up next week. He admires a Charles Johnny Freak arrested sign on his way out. Well, Chomper is outside somewhere and he says Black calls him a puppet master and that's true. And Alistair is his number one puppet. They are going to wait until Phoenix because while Black wouldn't understand it, it's what the main event players do. Wait for the brightest spotlight. He warns Alistair to be careful what he wishes for though. Well, the Velveteen Dream video package from a couple of weeks ago with the Legends endorsements where the 2019 gift came from is replayed. He'll be here next week. We'll all see Gagano and Ricochet face to face. 
And it's time for the main event, I suppose you can call it. It's Cassius Ono versus Keith Lee. Yeah, and Keith Lee coming out here. Can we bask in his glory? Or will we see Cassius Ono delivering a knockout shot here? And Cassius Ono's been dealing with Matt Riddle. And he seems to be going up against people you just don't like. Because are you a fan of uh, Keith Lee, Dan? Well, Keith Lee has actually done nothing to impress me. You know, I think the only half-decent match he had was against uh, Lars Sullivan, and even then he'd done a couple of botches or moves that he was clearly incapable of doing. Well, we'll see if he's get given a chance in this one. They even up quite well in size, even though Keith Lee might be carrying a little bit more. Oh, no, he's got a little bit of height in him. He just runs into Cassius. Like to Cassius being getting problems with Matt Riddle, losing to him twice. Gets popped up in a power, but Ono lands on his feet. And delivers a chop to Keith Lee and then a kick to the midsection. And now running the ropes. Keith Lee with a leapfrog, drops down. Oh, and a flying crossbody takes down Cassius. Goes for a cover, but only a two count. Two. Well, can't get the job done. And Keith Lee just looking on Cassius Ono. And again, these two men, what, what prize... Well, are they fighting for at the moment? I know, well, Keith Lee's got a problem with Ono because of what he'd done to Riddle. That's why they're having a match. But where do these two men in NXT title contention? But before we answer that, where is Keith Lee going right well, now? He's looking to go flying. Oh. But Cassius wisely moves out of the way and Keith Lee puts the brakes on. Oh, he's going to have a little rethink. Yeah, I mean, where do these guys? North American title, NXT championship? Well, you know, you can kind of see Cassius's point. He's... Getting annoyed with being overlooked for heavyweight championship or the NXT championship shots. And, you know, he's set on taking out all of William Regal's new boys. You know, and you can kind of see that storyline. But what's Keith Lee's ambition? What's yeah. Matt Riddle's ambition? You know, what are they going for? What do they want to achieve? Where are they going? Yeah. Keith Lee, you know, saying, oh, I want everyone to bask in my glory. That seems like a more of a cocky hills kind yeah. of persona, you know, bask in my glory. Well, exactly, yeah, no, we've seen that kind of gloriousness on NXT before and Keith Lee isn't on that level. Outperforming Ono at the moment, catching him. And now back body drop. Ono must have been at least eight foot in the air. At least nine, ten foot in the air. See, again, you know, he's someone that's made you over with the fans, but Why? Yeah, well, this is the thing. It's the internet, darlings. And Ono there chopping down Keith Lee. Hits the second turnbuckle. I've seen a match on the internet with Keith Lee in it. So I'm going to support him. And people look haven't, you know. So this is the way it's... That's why I was was sad. I can't remember how long ago. But wrestling fans, just just because you like wrestling, you know. It's just good. Just enjoy the wrestling you're watching. Again, I don't care that they like Keith Lee. But in my honest opinion, he's done nothing to impress me here. Hmm. And if he does... I will say, you know, Cassius Ono, again, he's, um, you know, I've heard he's had some great matches uh, in yeah, the past. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've told, I'm a big fan of him. But he has done nothing of sort in NXT. Yeah. I mean, he's a bit broken down by now, you know, like I say, but he had his chance. He left WWE because he wasn't that size and he's come back. He's kind of like the veteran of NXT. I'm sure he'll never go up to the main roster, but he's in control now. Right to the eye of... Uh, Big Keith Lee, cut the big boots and then a cent on, but only gets a two. Two. Quite a thunderous way of pushing off Ono there. You see, you know, but I, I've been proven wrong, you know, I wasn't entirely struck on what hashtag like. Mm. But yeah, you know, since their split, both guys have gone up to. They're the top three or four, five 
performers in NXT at the moment. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, they're, they're kind of like the main event talent that can't be moved at the moment, you know, yeah. that's how good they are. And WWE telling storylines off the back of these guys for the past couple of years now. Yeah, and, you know, again, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I wasn't overly struck with the Velveteen Dream character. But after him in the ring and impressed me constantly, he's gone up in my estimation. Yeah. Ricochet, you know, I've seen him before on the internet. Yeah, no, actually, yeah. Well, we've seen him live, yeah. Well, let's um, see if um, Keith Lee and Ono can impress us in this one. Ono is in control, just a punch to the face and a chop. Looks maybe Irish rip Keith Lee and put them away. But it'd be interesting to see where these two men go from this moment here. Irish rip them first by Keith Lee. Well, that seemed to have uh, well, slowed right down. Oh, no. Hung up Keith Lee. Hit with a huge forearm. No. Oh, yeah, after the arm ring. I think that was kind of a save from Ono, but goes for a cover and only getting a two count. Two. Well, Ono is a veteran. Like I say, he's been doing it for years as he goes back for the submission on Keith Lee trying to wear the big man down. And now Keith Lee, with the crowd getting behind him, getting to his feet, but gets chopped down by Ono. Comes with a knee to the side of the head. Another senton. Oh! But Lee manages to get his knees up and block it. And now Ono gets to his feet. And now both men are going to trade, maybe. No, Lee with a big right hand. And another hit in the midsection. Both men exchanging now, and Lee might have had there. Backside up in a corner. Slams him. Oh my god, now looking to throw him. Throws him halfway across the ring. See, now Trevor Lee, I think he's going to be a good lead to addition to... Are they related? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Sending Keith Lee to the outside. But Keith Lee springs back in. The agility of a cruiserweight. Cross body, but only getting the two. So I think that's what he'd kind of intended for last Sullivan at TakeOver. Mm. And Cassius Ono looking like he's begging off now. Has he had enough of Keith Lee? And now Ono goes for the right hand. Gets caught by Lee. Big... Oh, on a clubbing blow to the back. Knocks Cassius down. And Cassius in all sorts of trouble now. Oh. Ono oh, goes low. Oh, but Keith Lee stands up. Looks pissed off. A double palm strike to the chest of Cassius. Oh, now he's going to come running in. Ono oh, looking for the roaring elbow, rolling elbow. Oh, my God. But Lee ducks it, bounces off the ropes and just runs right through Cassius. Well, a big pounce. And now can he pick up Ono? He has got him on his shoulders. Holding onto the ropes. Now Keith Lee with Ono. And the referee checking on him. Oh, Lee into the ref. Big right hand by Lee. You're right, brother. And now Keith checking on the ref, but oh! Well, Cassius Ono wisely, while the ref's back was turned, going low. Boom! Rolling elbow, knocks out Keith Lee. And Ono going for the cover on Lee. One, two, three. Cassius Ono picks up victory. So Keith Lee, since he debuted, has lost his two most high profile matches. Yep. Uh, ono gets a victory, leading up to, I guess, a Matt Riddle match. We're not sure. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I'm I'm not a fan of two big guys, you know. Cassius, he's getting a bit long enough for a while. Slowing down, you know, he did manage to save a, a little fumble there from Keith Lee. But, you know, aside from generic B 
big man style moves, Keith Lee has brought nothing new to a game. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Keith Lee. He's brought him in, obviously, you know, uh, maybe to stop being used by other people as opposed to actually having a plan with him. With Ono, he looks like he's finally picked up his first victory in NXT for about two and a half years. So that would be good for Cassius as he goes forward. Uh, so, But we talk about NXT this past, you know, five episodes that we've had. Wait a minute, we're not finished here yet. Matt Riddle's come out. He might be injured, but he's going after Ono. And Ono backing off. And these two men will live to fight another day. Matt Riddle checking on his friend Keith Lee. Nice baby face thing to do. In flip-flops. How can you take a man seriously who wears <laughs> flip-flops with a suit? And Matt Riddle and Cassie Sona will have their hotly anticipated match at next Saturday's NXT TakeOver Arizona. Yeah, of course, we'll be live for the pre-show for that one. And Riddle and Ono faced off at the last TakeOver, Riddle winning in a matter of seconds. The second match saw Riddle win once more via submission, only for Ono to attack Riddle post-match, injuring him and sending Dan into an orgasmic frenzy. Indeed, yes. Ono beat Keith Lee on this week's episode of NXT after hitting a low blow and a rolling elbow. Riddle wasn't, Riddle wasn't cleared after Ono beat him down, so he couldn't be in Lee's corner. He did come down after the match to check on Lee. Ono bailed when Riddle came out, leading to this match. So, yeah, that's one of the matches at NXT TakeOver Phoenix, but now we've got a confirmed card for what is going to take place on Saturday. So, have we got that match, Dan? What other matches have we got? We have got... The undeserving era, Roderick Strong and handsome Carl O'Reilly going against the War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Yeah, you've got the Women's Championship, Shania Baszler versus Bianca Belair. You've got the greatest ever wrestler, Ricochet, going against some unknown jobber called Johnny Gagano. Oh, what a great match that will be. And, of course, Tommaso Ciampa defending his NXT Championship versus Dan's man, Ali B or Alistair Black. Uh, and, and the thing I really like about NXT at the moment, apart from the women's division, which I'll talk more about on the live show, is the fact that they've got the same kind of talent company now. In a way, they've got the same talent, and they're using the same different storylines. But like Chumper, Black, Ricochet, Gagano. Do you know what I mean? I love the way they've not kind of moved anybody up as of yet, and they're kind of still it's still involved. You know, the Gagano Ricochet are only having a match thanks to Chumper. You know, and obviously Alistair Black's got problems with Gagano as well. And Ricochet's looking at the NXT Championship. There's no doubt about that. So I just love NXT at the moment. What are you thinking about that card? I think it is again. You know, another strong card. They've got some potential, very very good matches. There's, you know, the one that I'm not too keen on is Shania Baszler versus Bianca Belair because, in my opinion, neither of these women as great a talent as I think they could have been. You know, it's um, I th- I feel that. The standards have kind of dropped. Well, yeah, it's a weird match because they're both heels going up against each other. It made more sense maybe sticking the face in uh, and making the triple threat, even if it was like Candice LeRae or someone like that to kind of get the fans into it a little bit more. I think Baz has kind of been negative as NXT champion. I think maybe it might be due to Kari Sane and Io Shirai maybe not being fully fit to be involved, but I really feel this is kind of filler match, and I'll be surprised if it's any good as well, because I think their styles, what we've seen in Belair and what we've seen in Basler, I think it's going to be a very negative match. I can't really see it being hard-hitting, do you know what I mean? I, I, no. I don't want to downplay it, but it's one of those matches I think is going to have to really kind of go out and prove something to me. But, you know, all the other matches aside from Riddle and Ono, all right. Well, not about Matt Riddle, not about Cassie Sona, but just about NXT these past five weeks. And the women's division maybe not as strong as it's been. The tag team division maybe not as stronger as it has been. But there's one kind of 
you know, storyline that has kept me on the edge of the seat, and that's anything involved with Chumper, uh, Johnny Gagano, Alistair Black, and now Ricochet involved. The steel cage match between Gagano and Alistair Black is orchestrated by Tommaso Chumper was a work, I think, of, of pure genius and class, even with a DIY moment that happened there. And I think what we saw um, a couple of NXTs ago with the interaction between all four with Gagano getting the cheap shot has been brilliant, you know. Apart from that, I don't know if we've seen any real kind of standout. Well, apart from them, I don't really think we've seen any standout matches as of such. It's just the main event picture is just so exciting at the moment. You know? No, well, it seems, you know, they've got a tag team there in... Uh, well, you know, you've got the Street Profits. You've got the Street Profits. They seem more, uh, you know, more interested in their tag team titles that they've got in another promotion, which, you know, what the fuck's going on there? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, that seems completely ridiculous. They've got, you know, at least build potential challengers. They've got uh, the War Raiders there returning, which should be good for the tag team division. Um, I think they are lacking strength in the tag team division. You know, they've got one and two, Birch and Lorkin, which, you know, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with them. Are they going to jump across the pond to have a look into the WWE NXT UK Start side of things, you know. I suppose they could fit as soon as I half of them's English. Yeah. But uh, again, you know, I think they need to build up their women's roster. They need to build up the tag team roster, and you know, just progress from that. Because you got Candice LeRae who does next to nothing aside from you know being on Johnny Gagano's corner. But you know, she seems more involved in the storyline angles of them, which is a shame, you know, because she's not a bad talent in the ring. There's, you know, there's a few other notable missings there as well because you've got, like, you know, the likes of Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, Isla Dawn and the like going over to NXT UK. And obviously, you know, with uh, Mustache Mountain, one of the hottest prospects in NXT as well, they've gone over to the UK side of things. So I think they need to work on rebuilding what they've got there. I think, you know, it might be a bit too soon to have pushed heavy machinery up, but... We've seen if you've won the NXT Tag Team Championships, you're not guaranteed a push up there. So, you know, moving them up before they've had the NXT Tag Team Championships, I suppose that might be seen as a good thing Mm. as opposed to a bad thing. Yeah. I I think, you know, it's very interesting. I think if you look at it overall, we don't normally look back as retrospective of a podcast that we've done. But on this episode today, we've had a 205 Live and we've seen a lot of stuff from there. Of course, NXT, uh, an update with the storylines. Of course, NXT UK now has joined the fold and that's adding all the interesting things. But we talk about the future with um, All Elite Wrestling as well and what the future holds for that. And of course, the plans coming up to the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. So it's just a very exciting time in professional wrestling to have so much kind of content that we are bringing you kind of every weekend. Uh, but this is the last time you're going to hear us. Well, I say the last time you're going to hear us. Uh, but that's it for now. But don't forget, the next time you hear us, well, the next three times you hear us, for the first time ever, we're going to be live to you. We're going to bring you three live shows back to back to back, starting next weekend, Friday, 8pm. It's the WNR 200 Live. And on Saturday at 11pm, it is NXT TakeOver Phoenix. And then Sunday at 10pm, it's the Royal Rumble Live kickoff so three shows back to back to back we're a bit earlier to american audiences on friday but make sure you listen to us our 200th episode is going to be awesome and then like i say take over phoenix where we've just looked through the card and how great 
that is. And, of course, then the Royal Rumble, the two Royal Rumble matches we've got looked forward to, plus all the other, you know, great championship matches as well. It is going to be a huge event. And, you know, again, cards subject to change. So maybe after Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, there might be completely different matches going on. So, you know, but obviously we keep you updated. We always look at the card before we go yeah. in. And we read emails and, you know, if you've got any shout-outs you want or any questions or queries or, any, you know, just anything in general you want to know or want to ask. Yeah, I mean, and that's the important thing. Like I say, on the, the Saturday we'll catch up with anything NXT uh, news-wise and anything like that. And, of course, the latest episode of NXT on the Saturday show plus with games and everything else we do live. And then Sunday, of course, we look at Raw and SmackDown, as well as Tour of Five Live, and build towards the Raw Rumble event. So it's all going to be there for you, but we start off, like I say, the WNR 200 on Friday. It's going to be massive. Follow us, and we're going to need lots and lots of shouts as well, so don't forget you can send us in shouts, because we're going to do shouts for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we're going to need a lot. To do that well, you can do it on Twitter, at Review or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins across all the Google platforms, WNetView on Google. Plus, send us an email, the WNRPodcast.gmail.com. People have also still sending podcast, uh, emails to WWE Network Review. At, what is it again? Fucking up. WWE Network Review at gmail.com. I mean, people, still, you can still send it, that's fine, but the WNRPodcast.gmail.com. We should have more news about emails coming up. On Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. On YouTube, WWE Network Review. Clips on there. Podcasts go up on YouTube. They do same time they do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Also, Spreaker Radio is where we're coming live for your Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So if you follow us on Speaker Radio, you'll be fine. The link will be there. If not, make sure you're on Twitter or Facebook on Google and click the link there. We'll be live. Bang on the times we say as well. 8, 11, or 10. Do not forget that. But uh, that is everything. No, it's not. Don't forget you can listen to us on Stitcher Radio as well. iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. I think I've plugged it enough, Dan. I think we're ready for the WNR 200 now. Play the advert just in case. All right, here we go. Play the advert one last time at the end of the episode after I say goodbyes, because otherwise it won't make any sense. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. What are you doing? James, what on earth are you doing? What am I doing? What's it look like I'm doing? It looks like you're trying to blow up some balloons. Yeah, no shit. Why are you blowing up balloons? You know why. Really? Yes, the end of the month. Do you mean the WNR 200 on January the 25th? Well, of course. We are live and it's going to be a party. We're playing games. So I thought not only snacks, but game changer, balloons. Well, I thought we would have a retrospective look back at 200 episodes of the WNR and pick out important or funny moments that we have made and tell everyone what goes into making the WNR podcast. Oh, yeah, all right, we'll do that instead then. (laughs) 